Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Did you hear what I was saying about the Mandalorian? No, go on. So I've literally just watched the final episode, and mm. oh mate, it just blew my socks off. Like ah. oh, those last two episodes, especially, are just so good, aren't they? Like, yeah. Oh shit! And like, it made me think like the second season is going to be even better, isn't it? You know, because like they've got the setup out the way now. And now it's just like the fun. He's got a jetpack. He's got. He's got to find all the other Yodas. You know, like it's just. It's. It's going to be so good. The second season. It's gonna, and also, like, oh, pardon me. I, li- I like the the introdu- introduction properly. The the dark saber. Oh yeah, like as as you said on the last episode. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know what the fuck that is. When he got himself out of his TIE fighter. Yeah. With with that, like, it's it's like a black blade, but with, like, a blue glow around. Yeah. It's like, so what the Dark fuck? Sa- so, Darksaber has only been referenced in two points. Um, uh, three. So, it's been in the... I think it was in the original Mandalorian comics. I think it's also been used in now... In some of the books, certainly now Legends. But then it may, got made proper canon for sure when they use it in Clone Wars. Um, ah. And what it is, is uh, uh, like Darth Maul, Darth, uh, the, basically in Mandalorian lore, whoever is that, it's like, a, it's like Mjolnir, whoever has that sword. Oh, is it is, like a one-off? Yeah, it's like a king of the Mandalorians. Like, that is your, the most powerful weapon. It, but he's not a Mandalorian. And the leader was the one who had it. If you could beat the leader. Oh, right. You would then become yeah. the leader, and that's your weapon you get to have. So he's um, stolen that off, like, the leader Mandalorian. Well, he didn't. I think what happened was during the Clone Wars, um, they lost the control. The Mandalorians had the big civil war, which is what we talk about. And during the civil war, Darth Maul got involved. Um, and that's why, again, he's rumoured to surface at some point. Um, unless he did kill them off. I don't know where he is in this timeline here. Um, but he he tried to become king of the Mandalorians, basically, and I think he either did take it or came close to taking it, and it hasn't been seen since Clone Wars. So the big question, that's going to be the big reveal. He gets out of there with that, and the big reveal is going to be, like, not only has he survived, but how did he get that? Because right. that he's, he's in charge. Wow, of so, a bunch of so there's a lot more to it than I originally thought. Because I just thought, yeah. oh, they've done like a fancy new lightsaber. That's interesting. Although you have you have reminded me of what I didn't like about the end bit was the way his ship crashes and they all go, right, so that's the end of that then. Let's all go. Yeah. I like, no. yeah. <laughs> it was like a really weird shift in tone, wasn't it? 
Like, yeah, I, I was like, like, I'm fairly certain he will be alive. <laughs> the only thing I could possibly think was that the Navy thought he wasn't that much of a threat in a crash ship. Yeah, Fuck the him. Thing is, we don't like, need to worry about him. There's obviously a lot of history there with him and Mando as well. Yeah, oh, no, it, that's just got the history. Yeah, that was yeah, so that's why it didn't make it sense. Was like dead in, it was like dead intense, like this massive final scene. Yeah. And it was like so epic, like him using his jetpack to like go on a fucking TIE fighter. Like we've never seen shit like this before. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And then it just kind of, he, he landed on the ground. And then it was like like the end of like a sitcom or something. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. I mean? like everyone was like, well, that's my mama. <laughs> and I'm thinking, poor IG-11. Like, that broke my heart. Like, <laughs> Oh, that was the best way for him to go, though. Oh, what a brilliant character as well. Because I've always loved the look of IG-88, you know. It's the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah. It's the same thing again, isn't it? With the with the Boba Fett thing, it's like all those bounty hunters. They got zero, pretty much zero screen time, but they all made such an impression on everyone because the figures were so cool and they looked so cool. And this, the Mandalorian show, is just expanding on all of that and saying, "Well, these cool characters, let's make something more of them." And it's actually this is a brilliant segue into Doomsday Clock because it's very similar. You've got not Rorschach. You know, like not yeah. not Boba Fett. Um, what what else have you got? It's all these. Got, ca- oh, I can see you got not Rorschach. You've got not Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. got. Um, hold on, I'm just going through the, like the covers now. I've got them all in front of me. Um, you've got. I'm trying to think who else is like. If there's a different, the cat's a different cat in it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into nitty gritty, there is definitely uh, other versions like that where it's just like it's not the original characters, but they're using someone that looks like them, so it piques your interest. But then on the on the other hand, you've got I'm getting ahead of myself. But then you've got the comedian who is the comedian, and he's finally used. He was only he wasn't really that used. He just dies at the beginning, and it's more about them making memories of him. But he's he gets to see him proper like in action part of the story. Yeah, that this. was an odd choice. That I thought. We will get into that, but um, welcome to Chris's comics. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Chris's comics podcast. My name is Chris, and this is a podcast about comic books. Is it? Me- is it finally? Can it be about <laughs> comics? Finally? Did you see the new episode that I put up? I haven't listened to it yet. No, I've had a chance. But you've seen like what what the description I gave that it's it's is only it the cursed episode. Well, it's only about TV because it's it's so ironic, isn't it? Really, um, that. After that point, when we moved on to comic books, and we'd finished talking about TV for like an hour, the quality, the audio quality just deteriorated and just got worse and worse. I mean, you know, I sent you a clip of it, and it's very yeah. hiccupy, isn't it? You know, it's almost yeah. just almost unlistenable, but I just thought, oh, sod it, I'll release it anyway. It's not like we've got fucking hundreds of listeners or anything, is it? Um, but yeah, after oh, after that... After that point, um, when we finished talking about TV, and we finally talked about comics, which was a good like three-hour conversation, um, it, it just <laughs> it just didn't record correctly because I had all these other, um, I had my browser up on my desktop and all that, and it just clogged up the clogged up the joint, didn't it? So I said so much about how shite your computer is when what stops it from working? I had my browser open. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I can't have anything. I've got at the moment. I've got notes up, and I'm worried about that. But I'm sure it'll be fine if I just leave it on the screen and don't touch my mouse. 
it'll be okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, top right. notch, top notch um, state of the art equipment here. Uh, but yeah, I've, I'm rambling now. What what are we talking about? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're actually recording an episode today, which will get heard by the general public about comic books. Uh, however, it's not going to be like a catch up on all all the, all the different titles we've been reading. We're just going to talk about the twelve issue series Doomsday Clock, which we're finally going to get to talk to each other about because this has been two years in the making. It's 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 been released over two years. First issue came out in November 2017, and we both. Are, went... you, are you counting issue zero? No, there was no issue zero. It started issue one. I've got issue one here in my hand, and in the bottom left corner it says January 2018. Oh no, that's the like that's the comic date. Like that's the date when they they put on all the comics like two months after, and that's when they take them off the shelves. Is it? Did you know that? Yeah. If you notice that on all your comics, it's always no. the, the date on them is always two months after it was released, and that's when um, they take them off the shelves and put them in the back issue section. Oh, of course. It must be, yeah, because I've got, obviously, issue 12 in. It says February 2020, and yeah. the world was happening then. There was no way I picked that up then. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the more you know. Bit of uh, comic book knowledge there. <laughs> yeah, so we went to the comic shop on the Wednesday it was released. I remember we went to... Uh, <clears throat> Liverpool. Which which shop did we go to? Worlds Apart. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, it was. And we picked up issue one, full of excitement and just the world was a different place. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was just fine, and we we were under the impression that in a year's time, uh, you know, that this would be over and we'd get to finally talk about it. But no. Being written by Jeff Johns, of course, there was delays, which I'm totally fine with because it's Jeff Johns' material. And the last issue was released, issue 12 was released in December 2019. So it was a year and a month. It's essentially two years. Two, two, sorry, two years and a month, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Doomsday Clock in, in depth. So if you haven't read it, go and pick it up. Um, you can, well, actually, the Part two uh, hardcover comes out on May the 12th, so just in time for the release of that. Um, the Omnibus is not released until October the 13th. You can, you can get you can get the, the, the trade form, though, with currently parts one and two, can't you? No, part two is released on the May the 12th, so soon. What? So I meet my drummer Pete has only read half of this. I wonder if he knows. Yeah, part one came out... Um, Ages a... ago? Yeah, let me see on Amazon. Uh, when did it come out? Da, 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 da. Collects issues one to six came out eighth of October twenty nineteen, and that is currently out of stock on Amazon, so you can't even pick that up. Um, but yeah, the hardcover is released on May the twelfth, and you can pre-order that for nineteen ninety nine. And the omnibus comes out on October thirteenth, twenty twenty, paperback. You can now pre-order for £28.50, which is from £31.99. So that's a pretty good deal, the Omnibus. Jesus Christ. I'm so glad. This is one of the very rare moments where I can honestly say I'm thankful I picked this up in issue form. Cool. Um, yeah, so if you haven't read it, I do recommend you do, because you'll be pretty lost, because this is quite a complex, in-depth book that is just filled with just DC lore, um, 
that you, you need to be up to speed on, really, because it's not it's uh, not it's not a light read, is it? No, 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 no. I mean, if you say DC law, I'm not the most familiar with DC, as we've definitely talked about in the past with different things. Hashtag metal, hashtag never again. Yeah, but it's it, this was this was. I actually would disagree. I thought it was easy to follow. I think it kind of. As long as you had a basic, as long as you picked up at least one Batman comic, maybe one Justice League comic in your time, and a Superman comic at some point, as long as obviously you've read The Watchmen, I, I got what was going on. Okay. I, did, uh, well, I, never, I didn't struggle at any point in this. I, um, I'll, I'll totally accept that, but I'll add to that and say that with me being the massive DC fanboy that I am, and I started with DC books, so... I have read an awful lot from a young age, so it added to my experience because I knew so much about DC lore and the the back continuity and how all that's changed with the the JLA, you know, and all that. Um, you know, Justice Society like was one of the first books that I read, and I didn't really understand why all that just disappeared. I just thought oh, I can't get JSA books anymore for some reason, but now you know. It, I didn't understand that the continuity had changed and that, you know, the Green Lantern, original Green Lantern just wasn't in continuity anymore and that's wiped, you know. So to get, like, um, answers and have it explained to me in, like, in, in, a, in a way that made sense in comics why they just disappeared, it was really nice to, yeah, to, to what read. Yeah, Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. What helped for me as well, was the, um, I, I mentioned it then, but there was like a little precursor to this, wasn't that? I can't find the issues. I know I have them. I just cannot be fucked going through my collection to get them. But there was an issue zero that was, I think it was on free comic book day or something. And then there wasn't the. Oh, so... you're talking about, are you talking about DC Rebirth, that one shot? No? There's the one where, where Batman finds the. Oh, happy... oh, oh, I know what you're going to say. The button. Yeah. So the button was Batman Flash crossover. Four issues, two Batman issues, two Flash issues. Yes, um, that's the button. Yeah, that's the button. And we actually did an episode on that. Uh, yeah. One of our first ones that we did. So Remember to, uh, you might want to write this down. I remember to put a link to that podcast in the uh, description if people want to just go back if they're a bit of a completionist. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talking about the button, when I reread Doomsday Clock, I actually reread the button. I wanted to do that, but I just couldn't. I couldn't remember where they would be in collection. And then once I got like into issue two, I was like, you know what? I don't need to. I know I've read it, and the knowledge is there. I don't need to read it. Yeah, it's just a nice little supplement, really. An appetite. Yeah, I think it helps with the bit which you've just mentioned. The helping with the understanding a bit of why continuity is different with all Wally West thing. Yeah, uh, honestly, it was just a, a touch of genius. I mean, Jeff Johns is is a genius, in my opinion. But for him to just go, oh, how? Yeah, how are we going to fix this problem with DC continuity? It's, it's such a muddled mess. And him just going, Doctor Manhattan, and it's like, well, yeah, brilliant. Of course, of course, it's Doctor Manhattan that did all this. You know, it's yeah. such a great idea. Um, but before we go into it in depth, I want to sort of break it up a bit. Um, we're going to do like an initial review, you know, our initial thoughts, yeah, what, we, yeah, yeah. what we thought of it, pluses and minuses, um, and then we'll do issue by issue, 
uh, have a look through each issue and talk about our favourite parts and as the story progresses, what it's what's going on. And then we'll do an overall review and rate it at the end. How about okay. that? Okay. I've got one question that is probably valid now. I can't see them all because obviously I've only got the issues I bought. But did you have a favourite cover? With the covers, I made sure they got all the variants every time because I'm mm-hmm. a completionist and OCD would kill me if I got some regular cover and some variant. Plus, I liked the idea of all the variants being more focused on the DC characters rather than the, the um, Watchmen characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got all of the variants and whew, just flipping through them now. I mean, I really like the first one with Superman I was going, and I was going. Dr. Manhattan. But I really like the one with Batman reading Rorschach's journal, issue three. That's cool. See, I didn't get that. I, my issue three is just uh, a bottle of gin being smashed against the wall. The regular uh, covers were really nice. There were obviously a lot more Watchmen uh, because that's what the Watchmen covers were like. Did mm. you notice that they were actually the first panel in every book, every issue? That was the cover, the first panel. Oh, God. Mm. Right, well, I, well, then that really helps me know which ones are the variants that I have then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, it was actually cool because it it was usually like something simple, like a stack of pancakes or like the uh, the Green Lantern, Lantern you know. Yeah, and, cat. But they were very like, it, it was the theme of the issue. Yeah, and it really like made sense why that was the cover. That's, I think there's a lot of thought put into every aspect of this book. Oh, I mean, it is. For a moment, flip your books round on the stack and just spread them all out. Have you noticed this? Oh, yeah, and the blood just comes down. But you think it's blood, but then as it goes on... Oh, yeah, no, it's Superman's cape, isn't it? And in issue 11, you see a little bit of Superman's logo there, and it's like, oh, shit, it's not blood dripping down, like on the comedian's button. It's Superman's fucking cape. But then it makes sense because the clock on the back is down to Superman as well. Yeah, it's so so cool. And the little clock on the bottom left of the front of each one was counting down as yeah. well. Inside cover, um, it kept said like D O O M S. Oh my count- god, I didn't notice that. <laughs> no, that's so cool. Yeah, man, there's so much thought put into this. Even the lovely premium format with the glossy cover, and you've got those beautiful pages where the ink just rests in it and the color pops. Um, you know. You know how much I bum DC's uh, paper quality. I know you do. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, going back to covers, um, I I like the last one, issue 12. That was nice. Uh, I really like the one with the Joker on as well. Yeah, doing his makeup. And issue 6 with Mam and Marionette and Archie. Uh, yeah. And Rorschach stood there. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. Yeah, got, we've got the same covers here that we're picking. You've took. Took the words right out of my yeah. mouth. <laughs> I mean, I they're feel all like... bloody lovely. I mean, it's all the art was by Gary Frank, and he's one of my favourite artists. He's just, he's just fantastic. He can't do no wrong. I mean, I love the consistency in this as well. You know, with it all being him. Yeah, it needed to be. That might have been possibly what held it up as well, because you know how often it can be with artists who... So always it takes a Jeff Johnson, I can't do it this week. Ah, I can do it the week after... And that guy's me. Well, I won't be ready then. It's actually not the case in this. Uh, I follow the artist on Twitter, and he was continuously posting his art, almost like "I'm ready, I'm ready, guys." You know, like oh, <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it's just a um, lovely format, lovely format book. So I'm going to read the synopsis now and we'll get stuck in. Okay. So, oh, fucking hell, this is a big one. Uh, <laughs> to the product I can only hear you, so I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the synopsis. <laughs> not that, not, well, at least I know your browser's not open, so it's definitely... <laughs> so the world of Watchmen collides with DC Universe in the most shocking story in DC history, presented by Master of Storytellers Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, as the Doomsday Clock kicks ticks towards midnight, the DC Universe will encounter its greatest threat, Dr. Manhattan. But nothing is hidden from Manhattan, and the secrets of the past, present, and future will leave ramifications on our heroes' lives forever. Nothing ever really ends. The world of Watchmen collides... Hang on a minute, is this just another... Well, I was going to say, is that Star Wars? I think... <laughs> I think it's part of it. I'll just read it anyway. So nothing ever really ends. The world of Watchmen collides with the DC Universe in Doomsday Clock. From Jeff Jones and Gary Frank, critically, the critically acclaimed team behind Shazam Origins and Batman Earth One, seven years after the events of Watchmen, Adrian Veidt, Veidt, how do you say that? Adrian Veidt, Veidt. has Veidt. been exposed as the murderer of millions. Now a fugitive, he has come up with a new plan to redeem himself from the eyes of the world. So the first step, finding Doctor Manhattan, alongside a new Rorschach. And the never-before-seen mime and marionette, he follows Manhattan's trail to the DC Universe, which is on the brink of collapse as international tensions push the doomsday clock ever closer to midnight. Is this all Manhattan's doing? Spinning out of Watchmen, the DC Universe Rebirth one-shot, and Batman Flash the Button, Doomsday Clock rewrites the past, present, and future of the DC Universe, and it all starts here. There we go. So I think that's a fairly, fairly no, it okay synopsis because it it's a pretty difficult one to describe. Yeah, it's it's I, I basically I remember being pitched to me new as in, you know, Watchmen. Yeah, what if Watchmen became DC continuity? That's all, and we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think what it's if... it's crafted with a lot more care than that because this could have been a shit show let's be honest yes, it could. oh it could have been it could have been up there with archie meets predator in the sense so, of like slamming two things together but no they were they definitely make out that it's always been actually cleverly in the background which it definitely hasn't but it's done so well you you can easily have the ball pulled over your eyes and believe this is what it's meant to have always been yeah so i think from and what we've been hinting at from our conversation so far about it, we've not actually admitted to each other what we thought about it yet. But I think it's safe to say we both liked it. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, my initial thoughts are, what a trip. Um, it was just epic and just a really awesome read. Yeah, for me, it was the biggest problem this had was because it took two years to come out and became somewhere between, went from being monthly to once quarterly even, that it kind of, it's such a big, all-encompassing story, or at least felt like that because of these massive gaps and I had to re-catch up. Yeah. And where once, yeah. once I had it all in front of me, yeah. it read so smoothly yeah, and flowed. Yeah. And it was like, that's why I kept putting off reading it because I knew I couldn't just read a bit and put it down. I think I read this in two chunks, and the two chunk, chunks were I had issue, read issues one to six, and then did uh, seven to twelve. 
mm-hmm. either uh, it, the following day. It just flowed. It's just so. It really is well, really well written. Like I said, I didn't, and you know, I'm the first to go. Actually, I have a problem here because yeah. well, I didn't have an issue mate with anything. Actually, like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, the <laughs> um, one thing I did have the tiniest issue with. Can we um, can we do pluses first and then go into the minuses? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that can even an issue. That's a non sequitur, but okay. Um, well, do you want to talk about your non? What, what's the word you use? A non sequitur. Non sequitur. I've never uh, heard of that. It's like where it's nothing really to do with it, but it kind oh. of it. It's like, but it is in the same realm. Um, the way I feel, like, have you have you watched Watchmen the show? Yes. So. Not going to ruin that. If no one's watched Watchmen the show, I'm not going to talk about that because you might go, oh, well, they're talking about Doomsday Clock. Well, I haven't watched that and turn it off. Not going to ruin that. However, the 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 way this ends looks like it tries to set up so it also fits into the continuity of the show, but it can't possibly. Uh, look, we're going to have to talk about this. I'm sorry, guys, but we're going to have to spoil the Watchmen TV show because <laughs> we, we need to talk about this, right? I mean... Do we want to go into this now, or should we get into it once we get to issue twelve? Let's let's address that then. Okay, yeah. we'll address that then. Yeah, because yeah, then people can listen to the podcast. Yeah, okay. okay. If by issue twelve, we get to twelve, they're like, ah, I, you're either going to let us ruin it for you, or you've had time to yeah. go away. Okay, um, so, so that's okay, fair. Pluses. So pluses. Um, so obviously, even though Jeff Johns is Bay, I think the real star of the series was the artwork from Gary Frank. And shout out to the colorist Brad Anderson. Uh, the artwork was just incredible. Every panel on every page is just meticulous and stunning. Uh, Frank's lines are crisp and expressive, and it somehow feels modern in the sensibilities. Like while trying to capture that feeling of Dave Gibbons art from the original Watchmen. Yeah, it was. That was weird. I did feel like I remember. Oh, about for issue two, I was going, God, is it, is it not Dave Gibbons yeah. doing this? Yeah. And then I looked at Dave Gibbons' art and went, you know what? I've just done a disservice to both men because there are isn't actually alike. No. They don't when you put them next to each other. But there's something weird that yeah. they can both capture the same tone and atmosphere. I, I feel like it, it's part uh, to Anderson's colours as well. The way he does, like, it expresses like a vibrancy. And but he also has a restraint there that and the the combine the combination of those two skills makes it leap off the page. And the um and it helps with the panelling. Absolutely. I mean, you know, to t- to choose to panel it the same, you know, with that two, three, one, yeah, two like a grid. Eight. Yeah. It really just made you feel like in that mindset when you're reading Doom um Watchmen, you know, the same vibe. Um but I thought it was a pretty perfect pairing of the storyteller and the artist. The you know the story was so solid as well. <coughs> oh yeah, the story. There's like I said, other than what we'll talk about in issue twelve, where I feel it's tried to loop a hole outside of the comics. Uh, it, it's it's watertight. It's complete. Yeah. I, I, what I was like as I was reading it, I remember it happened both times. So the first time I read it, and then when I reread it for you. Um, was, which, by the way, I'm so glad you got me to do this because rereading it again has bumped it from being a comic that I kind of was like, that was a fun mad ride to being like, holy shit, that's like one of the best comics I've ever read. 
Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely worth a reread when it's all together. Yeah, I've said that. That's why I'm. I feel bad now if Pete thinks that's all he's he's read it now. Um, <laughs> it just issues one to six. One to six. Like, so that was, no that was weird. <laughs> that, yeah, no better than what we were. Um, it was. I mean, it was just so perfect. Oh, that was it. So the bit that got me stuck was the comedian. Each time when I read it, it was like, how can the comedian yeah. be here? There's no way they can fix this. And at the end, they're going to go, and he's back to falling. Where he's going to say, aha! <laughs> Tiny, whiny. Yeah. It works. I mean, let's talk about the bits we liked uh, off the top of our heads. For me, I love parts with Mime and Marionette. Um, oh, I, 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 it's not I love the part. I love those two characters. Yeah. Marionette is... Easily one of my favourite female characters ever. Yeah, 100%. I, mean, I want to see, like, a, a, even though we saw a little bit of a, a backstory, which was cleverly done, wasn't too heavy. Yeah. We've got a backstory. Really nice. I wanted, I want to see more of these characters. You know what Death. I want? I want, like, a Bruce Tim animated, like, animated show about them. You know, like, Batman oh, the yeah, Animated yeah. Series. Like, can you imagine how cool that would be? But um, done, like, Done like Velma, Velma and Sue, or whatever it's called, they're just on the run. What was that? Were you watching a? You watching? You you were reading a um, a Domino comic at the at one point where mm. wasn't she like on the run with two girls? Yeah, like kind of like that. So them two just on the open road. I could picture would be quite interesting trying to raise a kid, but it'd yeah. be dark and gritty rather than be like full of hijinks. It's actually. Like a, more like a fugitive tale than a uh, road trip tale. I, I honestly, I'm going to follow these characters whenever, wherever they pop up again. I'm on it. I'm all over it. Um, I yeah. really, I really enjoyed Mothman as well. Doctor Manhattan is also cool. Uh, the only thing yeah. I'll say we'll get into, I thought the end bit was a bit confusing. But yeah, I think Doomsday Clock in general is worth reading for the artwork alone. I, I don't. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it. I don't see what yeah. was confusing. I, well, I honestly think if you understand, if you have a basic grasp of the comics of JSA and everything, I thought it was a very, very clever way of just like going right. Everything we've done, we've tried to kind of always keep like do. They've tried to basically do a Secret Wars, and but rather than do something as messy as Secret Wars, well, Secret Wars wasn't that messy, but it was in comparison to what they did. What did they do? I always forget the name of it. It's so much more clever. I mean, Secret Wars was great. But they kind of. What did they do? They did conglomerate or whatever it was called, or. Well, it was like a to coin the DC phrase that they used for their version. It was like a convergence of worlds. Oh yeah, yeah. So they Um, kind of versions which didn't work. But then this is like a way of going right. Let's just tie everything up in a nice little bow. Get get bring everything back that people like to so that we can move forward and explain why as well. That was an important part. Yeah. I mean, I just love how how just happened. I loved how deep it went into DC lore. It was just like a total wild ride from start to end. I loved what Johns had done with the characters and how he folded them into the rest of the DC universe. I feel like Jeff Johns is like when when you like Snyder is a poor man's Johns. In like, <laughs> you should coin that phrase. Snyder has tried to be Jeff Johns so many times. But like this alone shows like he took his time, he spread it out over more issues, 
and he told a more cohesive story and introduced new characters yeah. whilst trying to fix everything. Whereas Snyder goes, yeah, but what if uh, Batman was actually had Joker powers and there's a giant bat and there's an upside down world and oh look, there's Starry, everyone likes Starry. Ah, he's a Robin now. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just absolutely fucking horrible. Should we just briefly say a few minuses then before we go into it? Um, I mean, I, I can only think of the one thing I've said, maybe one other, but go on. The beginning of the story was cool, and the end of the story was fascinating. Mm. Somewhere in between, things got a bit confusing and jumbled, and it felt a bit directionless at times. Oh no. No, 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 no more, no more directionless than what the Watchmen comic was like. I found like there was a genuine mystery with people going after you know. So you have Maiden Marionette going after. Uh, Doctor Manhattan. Um, so is Vite 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 So is Vite, <laughs> or so he claims he is, but he always has a, a, a underhanded thing. Um, they cleverly kept most of the DC heroes out of it mm. by getting them locked up in the Superman theory, um, and then I'm trying to think. I feel they were the only three mains, and then the only other thing is whilst looking for. Doctor Manhattan made a marionette run into all the DC villains and have that little thing with Batman. But again, it was just like it was only like three journeys, and they kind of converged. They, they, did, uh, they didn't even all converge. It was more like I'm trying to think. Rorschach as well. Rorschach goes on this mad journey of who is Rorschach. I don't yeah. know. I, I felt like I, I really felt like I was reading The Watchmen again. Uh, that these were all separate characters all kind of bound in a, I hate to use this term because I hate the film, but in a Pulp Fiction way, like all the stories are loosely hmm. I can related. see that. I can see that, yeah. Um, and it works. It worked for me. Two more things. Um, Go on. You're probably going to disagree on again. Um, okay. I thought that, with the exception of Mime and Marionette, um, I thought the characters weren't as deep as they were in Watchmen. Mime and Marionette were fantastic. Mm. The other raw, the other raw shack. Or maybe they just thought, maybe Jeff Johns just thought, well, I don't need to expand on them because if you want to get a bit more from them, go into Watchmen because that's where they're yeah, developed. I like we, but yeah. I just wanted to see a bit more with them. Do you know what I mean? Um, I feel like raw, raw shack got quite a, was when I read it a second time. I felt much more of a connection to this Rorschach than I had the first time. I get, like, why they became Rorschach, the, then the terrible journey that they go on because of all these events, and the kind of, like, the end where they become, they get over the hill, as it were. Um, Mama Marionette, uh, Vite's journey, again, that depends on what we now call continuity with that in the show. Um... Superman's I appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I like Superman. You know, I do. But I thought that the emphasis on Superman in this book was a bit too much as well. Really? I thought it was a clever uh, bait and switch to make it again look away from 
from what Vite was doing, or Vite was the one who did the bait and switch on you, mate. The reason you were focused on Superman because Vite got the world focused on Superman <laughs> to, to, <laughs> yeah. to lure out Doctor Manhattan. That's point, why man. you got. It, it was if anything, you're talking to a guy who, whilst I was reading this, was like, "Come on, Batman, get involved." And when Batman's like, "I don't believe you," you're in Arkham. It's like, "No, Batman, get involved." Be involved. <laughs> No, that's um, that's a that's a fair point with the Superman thing, to be honest. My, if I had to say my negative point is, I thought the Joker was like Kevin Smith Joker from that little run he did, like mm. making loads of jokes about like. Yeah, um, I totally I agree with that. Yeah, what point putting stuff up his ass and nudie jokes, and I was like, I mean, he did some psychopathic things. Don't get me wrong in this, but there was a real element of him being like. I'm a naughty little Joker. Who? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "That's not the Joker I know." Oh, the Joker well, I know. It's Jeff Johns, so it's one of his three Jokers. Well, so, well, uh, well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So let's let's crack on, eh? Let's crack open issue one. Okay. One. <laughs> yeah. So it starts very Watchmeny with the protests and all that. The end is the end is here. Yeah, and the the Rorschach diary telling you what's going on. Yeah, you're straight into it. Yeah. Uh, There you go. So, immediately, just to counter what you said, we do get something on on Vice as well. On Vice, we get the impression that he's got cancer. Oh, yeah. another, Another bait and switch. I think this is a thing. You're thinking like. There wasn't too much with these characters, but it's because in the end, half of what you are led to believe, and it gets muddled, because half of what you're led to believe is all the smoke and mirrors of fight. And that's what, to me, this is in comparison to a lot of other books. It's a mystery. It's a detective novel, like the, the ones of old. Like there's a, there's a mystery afoot, and you're trying to get to it. Unlike all these other big time books, where, which are meant to fix things, which is like an event. This wasn't an event. There was no tie in books. It's just one story so what's the story a detective story that's the only thing i can maybe think to explain your feelings from before no that totally lines up with it absolutely um you you get to see um mime uses powers for the first time here as well so basically his superpower is to mime something and then it appears like a gun or whatever you know like he, he goes in his locker and it's it's just an empty locker. And he pulls a load of things out, but it's just nothing. And, and yeah, yeah, so fascinating. Cause it's like, well, what's this guy about? He's a good fighter, though, as well. He doesn't need the guns. Yeah, but... the way like, like, what's he bite someone's ear off or something? I don't know. No, he, just he got... completely. He yeah, he slashes someone's eyes out. Um, he's got the, be- the the thing for me, which I thought was quite interesting, was he, which. I'm surprised you haven't picked up on it. It was a bit where he smashes a guy's mouth into the bars of a, the, the prison. Mm-hmm. And it's very graphic, that panel. And I immediately got tucked in, so like, I felt like I was reading Garth Ennis. Oh, yeah, 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 I get that, yeah. It's a very Garth Ennis panel, that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So then, so then Rorschach, new Rorschach, basically rescues my marionette from, from prison. Um and he takes them down to basically where Night Owl, his, his lair, and Archie's there. Uh, L- 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 lair? Lair? Lair. Lair. 
His it's lair. Not Princess Leia, Lur. His lair cake. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's not Night Owl. He doesn't turn up in this whatsoever. It's actually um, a young-looking Adrian Veidt, and he's got yeah. a little mini, little mini cat this time because his other one got got obliterated, didn't it, at the end of Watchmen? Yeah. But so, he's he's explaining why he needs him. Yeah, he basically says, if you want to get your child back, I can help you. Because, um, but first, you've got to help me get to Doctor Manhattan. And um, something that's a bit like weird is Clark, which maybe I don't know if it does get addressed again. Clark has memories of like his mum and dad dying in a car crash. Yeah, well, obviously, this is the first time you know we see Superman and the DC universe gets introduced here, and. It's obviously addressing the continuity issue where in some continuity his his family, you know, his, his mum and his dad are still alive and then in others they're not. So that's the first bit of like intrigue you get there. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Because like with the new 52, they totally re- rewrote a load of stuff. And the, super, I didn't... the, oh, super, God, the, the Superman that we have now... Um, oh god, I'm just trying to just trying to, just, trying to uh, explain Superman's continuity is very uh, it's it's complicated because so the Superman we've got now is the original Superman. However, when the New Fifty Two one came along, that was a different one. But he died, and now we've got original Superman back. Hence, why he's married to Lois and got a son, and got the little trunks on as well. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a bit of a uh, divergence where we had a different Superman, uh, but that doesn't really matter anymore because they killed him off. Um, so yeah, it, that's cool. I like that part about it. It was like, okay, maybe they're actually going to you know, open up this can of worms with the whole continuity thing and how right I was because they went even deeper than that. you know. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I have heard rumour I'm building up to it because I'm reading New 52 so far. But when you get up to Wonder Woman Rebirth, um, she has the same issues. Although it, I expected to somehow bleed into this, but it never did. Um, in her story, she starts to remember that she's got like three origins. Mm. And she's like, why can I remember that? And that's the story of Wonder, Wonder Woman the Rebirth, or one of the many stories, which I'm looking forward to because Wonder Woman, I'm like, sober sorted with like not in a remote like not in a romantic way i just think again she's one of the most kick-ass characters around i mean they sort of did the same kind of thing with marvel we you know we mentioned it before with secret wars and the fact that they brought miles morales over from the ultimate universe into the 616 now um yeah he they've started to address it recently in his book where obviously ultimatums turned up and you know who that is, right? Who Ultimatum actually is. Right, no, so here's the thing. I, I, I've I, read Ultimate Spider... I don't want you to tell me, basically. I've read Ultimate Spider-Man in trades, but uh, the, the original one of the original run, but I've not got up to the bit where Ultimatums are, uh, come it's, into it. it. It's not actually in that. It was in... Um, it's a series called Spider-Man, where Peter and Miles meet for the first time. 
use some timey-wimey dimension bullshit. The way that the first mini of Spider-Man finishes is my um, Peter, obviously, he has his adventure with Miles and then comes back into his universe and he's like, huh, I wonder what my universe Miles is up to, you know? And he, mm. go- he Googles Miles Morales and then the last panel is like him close upon his eyes and it's like, oh my God. And so it's like, oh, so like, you know, who is, what, what is yeah. the 616 Miles Morales? And then it was, oh God, I don't know how many years later, Brian Michael Bendis decided to release a follow-up to that, and it was pure dog shite, mate. It was really bad. Classic, classic Bendis. Classic Bendis. It was really bad. Anyway, that's where Ultimatum popped up, because that was Miles Morales in the 616. He was a bad guy, basically. And for right, some, okay. so for some reason, he's now in the 616. Um, with the ultimate Green Goblin, um, so yeah, that's that's what they're sort of playing with in in the Miles book now. And Miles is like, oh, why do I remember? You know that that's kind of like a yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. And it just, it just reminded me of that that they're sort of playing with that idea of Marvel, but there's no way in hell Marvel will ever get anything to this kind of standard when it comes to tying up continuity and well, I don't think they can because they've got everything is in the Marvel universe. It's very rare Marvel released yeah. a book not in the Marvel universe. It's true. I'm trying to think Apart of like from, uh, the only one that's dangling now is Spider Gwen because obviously Spider Gwen. Um, I don't know what the hell's happening there to be honest, but I don't think. Yeah, the thing that confused me hashtag we we've digressed is that the whole point of Secret Wars was to stop there being all these other. Marvel yeah. world, so yeah, but, the, the one. but now it's like, and, oh, what, what about the web of life? We still want to mess so around. The web in of that. life, <laughs> web of life has happened, so that means that there's however many Spider Men there are, there's as many universes, yeah. which is annoying. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, and I mean, I remember the first time I realised that when they advertised a comic of the PS4 Spider Man, but his own comic set in his universe, yeah. it was like you've immediately made a universe. <laughs> we told you about this. They stop, said that, and, and stop, then they did stop doing it. And then they did another Spider-Verse and called it Spider-Geddon. And it was like, hang on. You said that this was going to happen again. You know? So, yeah, Marvel. Anyway. Yeah. We've digressed. Let's talk about um, DC. DC are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, should we do issue two? Yeah, issue two. Like, yeah, no problem. Hold on. to do. I also like just to, on the end of issue one, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but um, uh, Superman having a nightmare, he wakes up flying. Like hovering above the bed. That's how it's... Lois knows it's an issue. Oh yeah. Lois is like, whoa, whoa hold on. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how. That much that freaks him out. His initial reaction is to fly a little. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, to notice that. Oh, now here's something interesting for Pete. Um, that I only picked up the second time I've read it since the TV show came out. Go to the bottom left uh, panel of the first page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Nostalgia. Um, they don't, shows they, yeah, yeah, they don't make this you anymore. You take the whiff of it, and then you start seeing uh, the TV security camera footage mm. of what happened, and then the memory of what happened. Which makes me think that's what the light, the little bit of nostalgia must have done. Because yeah. other than that, I remember reading this and going, "Oh no, that's it." It goes to them showing them watching it on a. Um, Rorschach is watching it on a little TV, 
But I feel like that you got to see most of that as well because she had a sniff of nostalgia and just went back a little and relived that. Yeah, it's very clever, and I love I love this sequence in the bank as well with Mime and Mar- Marionette. Um, it's just so cool, and you get to see how much of a badass Marionette is as well. With that, oh wire, yeah, that wire that she uses to chop the end of that guy's finger off, and like it's so fucking cool. I love I love the um, the fact that in out of the duo, out of the two of them, unlike Joker and Harley. There's no, it's not like no one is actively trying to be the alpha out of the two. I've made a marionette, but uh, mime marionette. So, but mime is constantly like, yeah, but it's you, darling. Like you can tell he's like yeah. body language is yeah. always like she's the star. I don't need to be. She yeah. is, uh, and but she's not like trying to be. She's just she's happy to take that. But I, I mean, mime is, is such a good character. Like in that next panel, where angrily against the screen. And then that woman just goes, please, I didn't do anything, but she did, she pressed the button. And he just does like a naughty, naughty yeah. little thing and just smashes it open with his head. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I, I love the dynamic. So good. Yeah, the, and like you said, her with that string is <laughs> barbaric, to say the <laughs> least, but it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this is when you get Manhattan show up and... Showing like that's what Manhattan did. He just showed up in places and just vaporized and get. Oh, actually, that's what mate is a really powerful image. Like it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like the end of the world has happened, and all that panel in there is fan- is perfect. Yeah, showing like the the owl. He set it up to jump to another to home in on Doctor Manhattan's signal. Jump to another universe as it, as it gets it is in the multiverse. And as the nuclear blast goes off and you see all the skeletons of the people getting vaporized, they just shake and it goes up to Rorschach's face shaking and it goes to Bruce Wayne actually having a Rorschach test. Yeah, that's such a cool moment. Mm. And then there's the Batman protest going on. So we're in the DC universe now. Yeah, which again, it's a good place to go, Gotham, after... Is is Watchmen set in New York? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's good that they just essentially go, we're going to go to Gotham, which is essentially, let's not lie, is New York. The yeah. DC reason has an issue with actually naming cities after where they were set um, and made up cities. Yeah, it was de- and oh, and yeah, and that lovely bit where he's got the bat signal on the yeah, clouds. So, yeah, page 16 is one of my favourite sequences in the book where it's the bat signal just in- shone into the night sky, the clouds, and then... The, the the like the eyes of Archie just appear in the bat and then just break through it behind it. Oh, it's so cool, so cool. Um, and then from this, it's like right. Well, you guys stay here, me, man, marionette, and they go off and they're gonna go and find the. Oh, that's it. They go off to the two smartest men who um, I've identified the two smartest men on the planet: Alex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Um, and then. It, admittedly here says who do you want and says the smartest of course <laughs> means, yeah. and this is where you find out that Lex is to end must be smarter than Bruce yeah. so then which, uh, Rorschach not Rorschach because we've not actually found out about his identity yet other than the little hint when he's rescuing them out of the prison where you see the colour of his skin you see his arm and realise he's, yeah. he's not a white guy he's got brown yeah. skin so it's like oh okay so 
because everyone was like, oh, well, how can Rorschach return? You know, he died at the end of what? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, it's not Rorschach. It just looks like him. <laughs> and he's actually got a really interesting backstory, which we'll go into. But Well, that's yeah. what I mean. The first time I read this, it was so few and far between that I actually didn't, I didn't really take his backstory in. Whereas this way, mm. in this one, I, because it was all flowed, I did. And I was like, oh, my God, I love him. I get why I was so despondent near the end. I get why yeah. Alfred and Bruce uh, and Batman were like, to do, give whole hero speech. And you've yeah. got to take that. You've got to do what I do. Take the thing that killed your parents and turn it into a symbol of hope. Yeah. It's kind of like shining the... Because the funny thing is, like, when they get... In fact, it is in this issue. Hold on, hold on. It's exactly what he says. Um, it appears this world is years ahead of ours in some ways, behind us and others. We have quite a bit to catch up on. Um, and then he says something else as like, well, like saying, um, he says something like, it's, this world's mad because it's a lot like, uh, yeah, yeah. The, although there are vast differences between our Earths, the greatest diversion is the sheer number of men and women wearing masks, including some who are entirely fictional in our world. So, in, if you remember, in Watchmen, Superman is a comic they read. Yeah, yeah. So, the the concept of a hero exists in a comic book form, but they just don't have superheroes. They have the, they had the Minutemen and the Watchmen. And then this goes full circle to what Dr. Manhattan realises. Maybe the biggest difference between the Watchmen's world and the DC Universe world, and why the Watchmen world was failing, was they never had an actual Superman. They never had superheroes and that's why it's like I can fix this and mm. give that rather than keep trying to stop a nuclear bomb going off I can make it so that it's never even an option but not without killing loads of people so <clears throat> we're in Wayne Manor so Rorschach's turned up there and uh, he finds some pancakes that Alfred's left for Bruce and he just has a munch on him don't he? he's sat there with his mask pulled up just like Rorschach did in the original, eating the tin of beans, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he realizes that when when the tin foil from the pancakes goes on the floor, it, it blows. It's like, there's a draft that's blowing it across the floor. So then he mm. puts his face down onto the ground, and he's looking at that grandfather clock, and he's like, "That's where the fucking draft's coming from, mate." So he gets out his match and holds it against it, and it blows out. And he's like, "Yeah." Someone behind there. So he pulls out the grandfather clock, and there he is. He's found the secret entrance to the Batcave. Down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love. I just love the fact that like Batman is immediately onto it because obviously yeah. he's hard. Yeah. But Batman obviously get must get there and realize that this man, this person, isn't a threat. But they have somehow found mm. my Batcave, and that's why he just he's like, "You ate my breakfast." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I did." Yeah. So good. And then the, the final page is the reveal, isn't it? That um, comedian's back somehow. He shoots at Lex Luthor. Well, yeah. he goes to a fight and misses and hits Luthor, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, and the other thing we we slightly missed was only was my marionette get get free because of what you said. The he makes just like she goes, "Have you not got anything like a skeleton key or toothpick?" And he just pretends to like make like take one out of his mouth that he's been keeping for safety, and it's like they, they, that's what I like. It's the they're just so devil maker. Like he's got this power where he can make anything. So if they get locked <laughs> up, 
he can make a key to do that. Yeah. But she's still got to suggest it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe even genuinely she has to, like, mm. think about it rather than go naturally go, well, we can make anything. Once they're gone, you make a key and we'll go. It's only after they've been there for a while. She goes, have you maybe got a key? <laughs> like, of course he does. He can make anything. And he's like, hold on. Paul's was like, oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> so clever. And, yeah, that's a, that was a good issue. Yeah, really good. Um, so issue three. So we start with a lovely flashback to the comedian's death from Watchmen. Really nice artwork here, lovely panelling. And then it sort of fades to black as the badge, the, the button with the blood on goes down with the comedian hitting the street. And then it fades to black, but rather than him splatting on the street, it, he emerges in the sea you know somewhere else because we get that lovely little the break up in the panels with the black vertical lines and it's suggesting that yeah you're not in kansas anymore and he he comes out the water up onto the shore and uh dr manhattan's waiting for him i i love this bit where dr manhattan hits him and you see right hit the glass and it cracked but it doesn't, and uh, oh, it, yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah. strong glass shame would have been poetic. Yeah, <laughs> he he jumps out the window with elegance and ease. Doesn't quite make the landing, which is really good for a person from his world and maybe from DC. But I'm just saying, Daredevil would have landed it. <laughs> okay, yeah, probably. Um, so after that, we get the whole Batman re- having a weird. Like trying to well, you said it's your you just said it's your favorite scene, didn't you? The um... yeah, I love this scene with Batman reading Rorschach's journal and Rorschach in the background just patiently waiting on him to finish. Um, he's looking around, he's looking at his watch, and he's like, "What page are you on?" And then Batman just turns to him and goes four, and Rorschach goes, "That's all." Batman's like, "It's been a long day," <laughs> and you were saying how it's like. His interaction with Rorschach is like he's an alien, like he's trying to weigh him up because he can't quite right. get a grasp on him. Um, so, yeah, we move on to that bit where all these different things are introduced, which are going to become more prevalent in the series. Um, the bit that I didn't like, my least favorite part of the book, is the Carver Coleman stuff, um, the Nathaniel Dusk like show that's being played in the background all the time. Yeah, no, I, I, again, but I feel that was like a nut to it in Watchmen where you've got that um, comic oh, book. Yeah, but in if, even book. that wasn't, I mean, is this sacrilege for me to say that the Tales of the Black Freighter was just a bit of a boring divergence? I mean, I know it kind of mirrored some of the themes, and but it wasn't necessary, was it? But this is, I, yeah, this, this is, though, was, This I'm, is necessary, yeah. and I feel it's a good place. This is the... Cap, this is necessary for uh, Doctor Manhattan for to realise where where he was, yeah, where his I, human I, connection, and yeah, we get yeah, to yeah. see him travel through time, and that is like the anchor to humanity and, and this universe and the time scale. I get that, but it, it was just a bit of a bit of a drag to watch all these or read all these TV show reruns that just didn't mean anything, you know. Before you got to know where it was leading to. Um, I've just 
this well, the other thing it is it brings up here is um yeah, we didn't know what it would lead to, but of John Thunder, who I mistakenly thought was a Green Lantern. It just turns out he was one of the original just just JSAs. So that's why he's crazy for the Green the Green Lantern, because to him it's like he had he's had in previous well, I was looking this up, I've discovered like he's he's had quite a really horrible story. Like his continuity is like if anything, he's been the mum who's most self aware that something's wrong with the entire universe. At one point having to cease to exist and move to a universe where he would be in a continuous battle in order to keep his like on Christ's infinite earths in order to keep the world from collapsing on itself or the universe. But looking at his original because of this I found his original origin and his original origin is and it sounds like an Iron Maiden album, but then it gets really dark. Um, the seventh son of a seventh son born at 7am on Saturday, July 7th, the seventh day of the week, the seventh day of the seventh month in 1917. This causes him to be kidnapped by, and it's in quotations, some brown men. <laughs> Shit. And they're from the fictional country of bad men. Oh, God. Um... Yeah, <laughs> comics are nineteen forties. Kids I don't read them. <laughs> um, but so, but by the time the nineties came about, he been um, he been brought back a couple of times, and he had Alzheimer's um, and couldn't remember mm. what had happened to him. Um, I'm just reading the in DC Rebirth when Wally was looking for someone to tether him to the universe again. He comes to the retirement home of Johnny Thunder. Oh, he uh, does, so doesn't he? I forgot about that. That's where the connection is. Yeah. So this is why Johnny is constantly, like, he gets involved because that's what happens in the, in that series. Um, yeah, he, he, he he's waiting. Um, hold on. On the way into the building, he said, the lightning says we need to find my friends. We lost the Justice Society. And it's all my fault. To which, obviously, the nurses go, sure they did, tell the nurse to put up his meds. So that's why he's involved from the bottom, because Wally West found him. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Why I knew there was a connection. That's, I thought it was the Green Lantern. Okay, which I'm allowed to make that mistake, because I'm not the biggest DC head. But I, it doesn't change for me. I knew there was a connection to the JSA. Yeah, so we get introduced to that character, um, and we also get introduced to the huge plot thread, which is the Superman theory. Um, which I was a bit disappointed the first time I read it that it was that was a bait and switch, that that was a Lex for Vice kind of joins, you know, both playing the media for um, fake news on people to make them get uh, look away from what was actually happening. I wanted that to be. The event, the thing, the oh, you know what? Because you believe it, like this is where it's about Superman has been used to, you know, make or be clone of a clone of a superheroes from. That's why superheroes didn't happen before Superman. I thought it was really interesting. I was a little disappointed the first time, but second time reading it, I'm totally fine. I think it was a good bait and switch. It's almost like a parallel to um, how. On Earth, on our Earth, people think that technology has been reverse engineered from aliens. Yeah, I, oh yeah, and he, like obviously, and he's an alien. Yeah, because because um, the, the thing is, it's like oh, Superman 
says here, Superman was in fact due to secret US government experimentation and it brings in Kirk Langstrom into it. That's pretty cool. You know, like Man Bat, um, Lady Clayface. Another thing that I loved about this book was Jeff Johns doing what he does best and just pulling characters, you know, like deep cuts, just like all these weird like D-list characters, like getting them involved. Oh, and something we'll get into in a bit, but I loved the inclusion of Black Adam because he's one of my favourite villains of all time. He gets his due in this, so good. Anything more you want to say on those plot threads getting introduced or should we move on? No, move on. If anything, I'm trying to look up now. It's really pissing me off. Um, so on the following page when my marionette go into the Joker's bar, um, well, the bar that's owned by Joker, um, and that whole scene... Do you recognise the comedian on the stage? Uh, he's oh. a famous. He's a famous comedian. He's a British one. Yeah. Um, um, oh shit! Do you know who it is? I I can't think of his I, name. I, I can't stand him. That's no, what's I, really I don't like him me. either. Is is that actually him? Is it meant to be him? Oh, yeah, easily. Cause yeah, because oh fucking hell, Gary Frank's British, isn't he? So of course. So I wouldn't be shocked if he maybe doesn't find that comedian funny either. Yeah, yeah, and he gets all in the head. <laughs> yeah, because I, I also picked up on the uh, Liverpool Football Club mug that Lois Lane was drinking out of. I was like, yeah! that's, that's a weird little like <laughs> Easter egg. Why the fuck is Lois Lane an LFC fan? And then I was like, this, I... this guy's got to be Liverpoolly in this drawing, this book. That's why I've never liked Superman. Fucking cop, I gobshite. <laughs> so they go into the bar and it's obviously like you know got all the jokers henchmen in there and that uh some of one of them grabs marionette and threatens to put, cut a little uh, uh, smile in a pretty face and then mime just points at him like he's pointing the gun and yeah everyone's just like laughing at him but he actually fires this gun that's made of nothing and blows that guy's brains out. I like I like how it's that. No point. If you have a look, Marionette isn't scared at all. No, no. And apart from the one middle panel where you go, she's pretending to look. You realise she's pretending to look scared. Yeah, yeah. Overacting on her part. Yeah. To lull him into a false sense. Uh, I love how also on the when it happens, it goes. If you turn over on the next panel. You can that. see the outline a bit of an imaginary yeah, gun, and it's smoking. smoking. Yeah, smoking. And then you see him again, and you see the explosion come out the end of a visible gun, and that's so cool. And then she gets a fucking wire out and slices her face clean off, like scalps a guy almost or something, and then cuts fucking hand off. It's just fantastic it's, sequence. It's that. It's that. You've got pretty eyes. It's fucking. And then, oh, yeah, so good. can only imagine what happened. And he's throwing his inv- invisible knives. I honestly think the um, if you go back a page, that panel of mine pointing the fake gum with the bar re- sign reversed behind him—that's a nice wallpaper. That it's a good poster. And that oh, that's another point. So the the story is obviously they go looking for the for Doctor Manhattan, but then they get completely sidelined because they are two kind of like chaotic characters. 
And just once they found out this guy called the Joker, who apparently people get annoyed if you wear makeup and is a clown as well in this place. Like, you know what? Fuck the mission. Let's go find this Joker guy because Yeah. yeah. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I liked that. I expect, I got excited. I remember reading getting excited that they were gonna go look for yeah. the Joker. I was like, Ooh. So then we get so then we get Thunderbolt and um that's Carver Coleman bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then we get Rorschach he's having a hard time he's having flashbacks um, to himself in the back of a taxi and the uh, the giant squid monster turning up at the end of Watchmen yeah having pure nightmares about it a bit like in um, in the Watchmen TV show yeah uh, uh, the, not Rorschach that the guy with the shiny face that I really love he was having a Hard time with PTSD after yeah, that. Um, I mean, here's the other thing that again, reading back a second time, that the the little black and white story it does as well is it, it, it get again the parallels to the actual story are great because and what he keeps like saying like this is why it's a detective is like trying to explain. Um, there's there's a twist. There's gonna be a twist, but one of the dead guy, guys could turn out to be, um, or like you. There's two dead guys here. You think you know which one it is, but you might not. One of them is a witness who had to be called. You want to say it's this guy, but it could be the other. Basically, say keep guessing, and it's trying to hint to you throughout the whole series that you think you know what you're being told about the Superman uh, theory and and Doctor Manhattan Vice and everything. But no, there's something deeper. You think you know what's gonna happen, but you don't. Just keep your eye, keep your mm. eyes open. So yeah, I just didn't get that. Even on second read, I just thought it was just like just a divergence from what was going on, and it was just like filler almost. But I should really know better that Jeff Johns doesn't do anything like that, and everything he does is for a purpose, you know. Yeah, I mean, in, in the I wouldn't blame you for thinking it the first time because again. Sometimes we were three months apart. Yeah. And we're just trying to remember where yeah, the stories are. Exactly. And then this kept popping in. And I was like, oh, come on. Let's just get back to the story. What's this? <laughs> you know? And so... you're like, I want to see some titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, yeah. Um, move on. And really wanted Batman. I thought, well, maybe Batman will buy into this. Maybe he'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Let's help you out. Um, but. No, of course, Batman thinks that Rorschach is just a crazy person, so he lures him into Arkham Asylum and then locks him in a cell. Now, I think this is dead interesting because Batman is currently on the lookout for odd goings-on of people from other worlds because he's had the button, he's been studying the button, he knows it's not so this, this world. So this is most definitely that same Batman, yeah? It, it just confused me a bit because he was wearing Earth-1 costume. Yeah, yeah. This is the okay. same Batman. But the problem is, the person who delivers him all this information is ma- absolutely mad, ding dong, same one hundred and one. <laughs> like he ticks every box, yeah. so it's like he he can't look past all that and see the the conspiracy cut or the the, the actual the truth yeah. that he's trying to tell. I love when he when Rorschach walks into the cell and he notices like etched into the wall, we're all mad here. And then he looks around and the door's closing on him. Like, that's such a cool moment. It just reminded me of the moment when he realised he's been set up by Vite the first time. Yeah. 
Poor guy. No, 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 no! Like that. Yeah, yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid! Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I was reading him, I was totally reading him in Rorschach from the from the movie's voice. Film. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got the best voice for Yeah. He, uh, he, that was a brilliant casting, by the way. Loved I it. feel I feel as well that you got to remember, Vite is the smartest man. He goes, we're going to meet the two smartest men now. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going, I'll go meet, well, who do you want to meet? To me, he goes, well, I'll go meet the smartest. So he picks Lex. So he personally sent Rorschach with that story to Batman. So he Rorschach. He knew Batman would probably just go, he's a loon, and lock him up. Adrian Veidt really is the smartest guy, isn't he? Like, (laughs) 20 steps ahead all the time. It's which I'm always impressed with as a character like that because, I mean, you've got a writer who can write 20 steps ahead. Yeah. Which is fantastic. That's fucking talent, man. So let's crack open issue four with this gorgeous front cover. I got the variant with Rorschach walking away, just a silhouette. I did, bro. I Behind did. Behind him is the explosion. So cool. So, yeah. Talk- well, it was that. It was To be fair, it was that or pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even, like- even look, the first panel is that cover pretty much. And if you look at that, the maple syrup on the top of them pancakes is a Rorschach. But that's it. But but it's because it's his imagination because he isn't getting pancakes, remember? Of course. He's, he's getting... Yeah. So talking about the movie, this is nodding straight to that scene in the cafeteria in the prison where he's lining up to get his dinner and he's getting taunted at by this uh, weird-looking <laughs> like zebra man. <laughs> Can I point out, yeah, there's a, there's a zebra man. And also, there's a very few times in this that I'm pretty sure um, uh, Mr. Freeze is in the background, like, going, do you mind? Like, there's a few times, I swear, in this particular issue, Mr. Freeze is just in the background, like, going, oh, "Why? Wh- what's going on? <laughs> He's looking at no globe adoring. <laughs> yeah, but if, yeah. you, if you look on the far left, though, in that cafeteria queue, have you, the ventriloquist is there with the sad is look he? on his face. Oh, yeah. Oh no, yeah, that looks like Abe Lincoln next to the Tiger Man, not Tiger, Zebra <laughs> um, Man. But yeah, that, that totally gave me Watchmen movie vibes. Yeah, that little bit. So yeah, he's getting the shit beaten out of him, having some flashbacks about his past, and we get to know a bit about his backstory. And I'm a sucker for a good origin story, so this was nice to see. Yeah, and he's, again, the second time round, this really held up. Yeah, he's so good at character development, John, isn't he? Really. I mean, I know I was mm. giving him a stick for um, not writing the characters as deep as, as Watchmen, but I think he did a good job with his new characters that he introduced because they were his characters, you know. Plus, he had kind of replaced people to. as well, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I like the little, I like little things like this always make me go like, ooh, where um, on the third page, when you've got him like complaining like, uh, flatmates kissing and canoodling while he's trying to do some work. That would be a Rorschach image that he's in the middle of, like a negated one. Oh yeah. If you have a look, it's like yeah. nice, uh, nice imagery made... there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love stuff like that. The sim, the simple images of like, um, the the nine panels of mosquito flying and dying, and it's little things like that all the way through this, and then it does. It's eventually. Mothman. Have you noticed he's in Killer Croc cell? Waylon Jones there. Oh, is he? Yeah. 
right. I didn't know. Is Killer Croc's really Waylon Jones? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not scared of him now. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this one. Mothman just decides that he can fly. Mm-hmm. Like, he keeps flying out me. Um, and he has, like, a weird, like, relationship now with Mothman while he's stuck in Arkham. Um, and that's all it is. It just keeps showing them in Arkham, him and relationship. Uh, and, oh, except this is where we get uh, Saturn Girl. Oh, appeared. yeah, she was a cool addition as well. I liked her. So she's from the future, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, where, like, everyone idolises Superman. Right, and this is what has to do with not this issue, but I can tell because issue... They go issue nine. So issue nine foreshadows what will happen to her. The cover. Did you get the one with? Oh, you got the variant, didn't you? No, um, I, I got one with Doctor Manhattan, the prize, and all the DC heroes, and it's just the costumes falling. It's cool, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really, there's not really too much to say about this because there's no real major plot points. It, it's just a story. A sto- it's, it's a story showing both this Rorschach's origin. While she's also dealing with being in Arkham, escaping from Arkham, is made friends with Mothman and dealing with figuring out who he is. Oh no, that's it. So hold on, this is like another bait and switch. So he gives him to Batman. Batman will lock him up and or keep him preoccupied. But Batman does see through some of it, so tend to put him to Arkham anyway but dresses as the psychiatrist to see if he can get any answers out of him. Of course he does, yeah. I forget, I always forget that bit. I remember, like, when I saw, like, the fake mask and everything going, ooh, Batman, you know. Yeah, so he's almost locked him up because he believes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of, like, it reminded me of... What was that? What's the name of that character? Matches Malone. It was a little Matches Malone. Oh, I love Matches Malone. Such a cool character. Um, but yeah, it's just more like that's. It's just it's almost like a little one shot of here's the adventure. You don't really see anyone else in that one. It's just Rorschach in in Arkham and then escaping Arkham. So we're almost halfway through issue five. We get the Joker, lovely front cover. I like this one, and he's looking at the nostalgia as well, which again is like the version of like you can go well, mad off that stuff. He's, he's, it's it's a mirror with the nostalgia it's a mirror, logo. But, I mean, yeah, but he's got the symbol of it of like a and drug it's... there that makes you go mad if you take too much of it, which I just thought was quite poignant. It has more meaning now than when it, I originally bought it. Yeah, and it's also uh, logo is on the lipstick using that says there's a nostalgia logo and it says blood red. Yeah, yeah, which I think is ma- uh, marionette's makeup. Like if you have a look at the, oh, right. the second, that's like. She ha- that's where she gets it. She's like, ooh, nostalgia. I love all the little She's got the whole details thing. in this cover as well, where he's wearing the Batman watch. That's cool. Oh, yeah, he is. I never noticed that. He's got a Batman watch on. <laughs> <laughs> what a fanboy. Um, that's one of the things I liked about Sean Gordon Murphy's joke. Yeah. You know, those... In White Knight, where he's got... He's wearing a Batman t-shirt with braces on. So cool. Because um, Joker would. He'd totally be a hey, fanboy. 
And he's, he's that scene as well in White Knight where like Joker like in a room completely. Ju- it's, like, it's like my nerd cave that I'm sat in right now, like full of Batman memorabilia, like statues and figures and shit. Like it's so fucking cool. Um, so what happens in this one? So this one is a lot of stuff starts happening now. We've had a little breathing space with that issue. So the first thing is you find out what's happened since Device after he was shot. Um, and he obviously easily breaks out of the hospital. Not an issue for him at all. Meanwhile, Lois uh, and Superman are trying to get to the centre of the Superman theory. Obviously, to not get uh, to clear Superman's name a bit. Um, and then you've got Rorschach as freed Saturn Girl and they're on the run to try and find Vice. Um, and hold on. Uh, oh, that's it. Saturn Girl is what begins the wanting to look for the great big light, she calls it. She she can read minds. So he's like, I don't need to explain my plan. If you can read minds, you know what the mission is and why I need to do it. He's like, yep, you're right, correct. So let's go get him. And he goes, any idea? We need a great big light. And that's when she starts to put the idea of finding this original Green Lantern, the one that he moved originally um, and caused like the JSA to not exist and stuff like that. And when he's messing with time, because it still exists in this timeline, mm-hmm. but uh, it was just never found. It's like, it, a- it's essentially, we, we'll get into it in a bit when they talk about it, but it's like the butterfly effect, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's it's exactly how you said before. It's like them going, all right, so Miles Morales isn't Spider-Man in this universe. We still means he exists as a person. Let's find him. They're saying she knows, right, okay, so some she knows something's wrong. She And she's going, right, there's meant to be a Green Lantern, the one that I remember in the JSA. Why not? Well, where's that lantern? And going to find it. Yeah. Um, here you get... Uh, a few bits, a couple of pages that made me go, ooh, was um, Batman, like, going, Adrian Vice. I've read all about you. I was like, <laughs> oh! And then the comedian being, like, checking bodies and stealing, like, knives and cigars off of them. And the police being like, who are you? And it's like, I could, will fucking kill you. Get away from me. <laughs> um, and yet, and then you get mine and Marionette are really tearing up the streets, like literally dismembering everyone till they can get so they can get the Joker's attention. Um, and that's really So the Joker lot- shows up on the last page. So that's <laughs> that's a real bait and switch for the bit of a, prick, yeah. <laughs> bit of a prick tease for that cover and he's only in the last page. I think page. I remember thinking that yeah. actually. Um you get, this is where, I don't know if this is what you would describe as messy, but there's just a lot of stories happening at once in this. Yeah, I think, I think this is what I was talking about, where it got a bit um, jumbled. I took it as, at the same time, all people are, go, are having quite pivotal moments in their story, where uh, like stuff filled tension. I found it was really good tension building, rather than just have show Batman and Vice and what they go through in the tension building up till Vite knocks him out over the crowd of the anti-Batman protesters, um, and then showing the build-up of Johnny Thunder finding the land and some a gang of lads um, trying to twat him and other things. 
I found it really much more tense when I read it all together, like interwoven. Yeah. And um, do you, do you, did you see Gordon in this? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've only noticed that the second time that Gordon's been twatted. Um, so, but yeah. So issue six was definitely one of my favorite issues. I loved the uh, the backstory for Mime and Marionette. I thought this was really nicely done, really compelling. This, yeah, yeah. with her dad uh, being a pub maker, and you get to see how it all started. Her really across the road is Mime as a young boy, and that's how they meet. Yeah, I loved I loved this backstory for them both. Oh yeah, this whole thing was mixing with Joker, just like. Oh yeah, Joker's got Batman in the wheelchair chained up now. Yeah, Lost yeah, over that. <laughs> well, Batman, Batman had been dropped out by Vice and had to jump and avoid a gang and just got twatted and captured by yeah. Joker's men. So, was, uh, so he meets Mime and Matt and this scene here where Mime's like poking a guy in his eyes and Marionette's just taking someone's head clean off. Like it's just so fucking brutal. I love it. Joker accidentally shoots one of his own men, and he says, "Oops, that was embarrassing." I don't know. I, I it, there was something really uneasy with me about this Joker. It just to compare to, I felt all the other characters were so grounded and nailed in this gritty environment with some black comedy on top of it. Um, yeah. I didn't really feel Joker fit. I, I I don't know why. I mean, he does use he does use Adam West Riddler. Oh yeah, I yeah, I love that costume. It's so cool with with the eye mask, yeah. Yeah. And then Joker does point out like, Oh, he's happy to may or make a show of him. I don't like that one. Which I I thought was is he making out because that Riddler was more jokery than Joker. Yeah, I like I like that addition. That was cool. Yeah. There was something something a little off though. I'd love to have Jeff sit Jeff Johns down and the artist down. That was maybe definitely one thing I'd ask. Yeah, Joe. I wonder like, what what came from where. Yeah, whether it was the artist that chose that that design for the Riddler, or and then yeah, there's this massive thing with all the bad guys in, and then court of owls are there. Yeah, court of there, and then comedian just shows up and blows Typhoon's face off, <laughs> and the court of owls. Yeah, um, and then I love he, get, mime. he gets mime in the crosshairs. He just smiles yeah, at him. He's quite happy to, but that's because he knows he's going to be a distraction while that, what's she called? I want to say Gigantia or something like that. I feel like the only, I don't know, I feel like the only panel that is really joking to me is that bit where he's got, like, going, everything's blowing up and he's going, what a perfect day this turned out to be. I, I, I do feel that is maybe quite joking. Yeah, I love the expression uh, on his face there. He's so good at I, depicting those expressions, isn't he? The only thing I'd say is he just everyone quickly forgets about Batman. Oh, that's it because they all believe it's not even a real Batman, don't they? So, like, the matter how many type people are you gonna put in a Batman mask and put yeah. in a wheel? Well, I was gonna say, and then they all run, and it's from that point that we see them like having a bit of an argument in a in a motel about like he's like, "Don't do this again. Get careless." Like, I can't lose you. It's been you to the end, and that's when it becomes a sexy party, and they. Uh, do it, and um, then the comedian comes in to shoot them both in the n- nudies, 
and Joker just frazzles him with his little thing from behind. Um, and yeah, he's. It doesn't. I thought he made a joke about them being nude here. I could swear to God he did. Oh, he's still got Batman in a wheelchair as well. Completely. <laughs> forgot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this issue for me, the standout part was the backstory for Mime and Marionette. I thought yeah, that definitely. was so well written. Oh yeah, we have really glossed over that. Yeah, it, it is. It's more that, and it's 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 such a it's one of them ba- old school Batman tales to me, like from Batman the Animated Series, where it makes the bad guy have like conviction in what they're doing. You understand why they're yeah, a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, they kind of they they're not as bad as some people in this world. They're just got one up on it they're just keep trying to get one up on it yeah i love that part so yeah move on to issue seven yeah we've got um, i got the variant cover here with rorschach beating the crap out of the joker which doesn't really happen in this does it uh, i think he gets think... a punch in, but not like although i do like um how at the end of this joker is wearing the comedian's badge that was a very nice nod yeah <laughs> all right so this is where we start looking more at this fucking lantern um, nice little and, oh, imagery oh, there with the moth on the lantern. Well, it's a blue moth, mm. and you've got blue writing, and then you're just like, oh ho ho, 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 I smell a blue penis coming along. <laughs> I love this. I, I, I just love Doctor Manhattan just going back to all these different times and timelines and going, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck around and see what happens. Just have a bit of fun. And then yeah. seeing like the Green Lantern as a fucking genie lamp and stuff like it. So cool. And um, he begins to remember stuff. So he says like the magic words, Cheyu, but isn't that like of his friend or the person? Yeah, it's, who, his, like... it's his counterpart, isn't it? Yeah. So he's, he's beginning to remember stuff. Saturn Girl still exists here. Like I said, if later on she doesn't as much. Oh, and then you find out that yeah, there's even the reason why Vite brought the cat along. The cat is the to, to like actually lock on to where yeah Manhattan is exactly. It wasn't like a random thing. He did definitely did use the cat. And let's have a look. So then we go back to the Joker and the comedian, Mama Marionette. Batman's still yeah. KO'd in the wheelchair. Uh, so she puts a drill into the comedian's arm. I love. I just oh, love yeah. the brutal violence in this book. It's so cool. And then um, mime is uh, mime in the bat with his fingers up next to his head. Yeah. I love that. So then Batman's and up then, and about again, and fights mime and marionette. Who, to be fair, put up a fucking good fight because he yeah. has no experience of these two and how they fight. Loses an ear off his cowl yeah. and nearly gets shot. Uh, which I love Joker going by. He nearly gets shot by an invisible gun and goes, "I didn't see that thing." Another one of the uh, <laughs> the jokes here. Joker puts the flamethrower between his legs and says, "Is that a flamethrower in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me?" That one. That's that's the line. That's the line <laughs> that I was like, where he's like, "Ooh, is that a flamethrower in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me?" <laughs> oh, come on, somebody laugh! Like Christ on a bike. It's, do you need whacking off? Do you need like to have five minutes alone? This is, see, this is where there's like a mixture of the two. Oh, that's it. They oh, so they get led to the lantern because they can see that John touched this lantern, this temporal fingerprints. As he said, he moved it once. Um, 
And then as she feeds on it, it'll point John, Paul Johnston like a magnet. Um, why do they end up there, though? Hold on. Why do... Hold on. That's some facts lost. Pick up the trail. Next stop on our mission, but I need you to say, you've helped us more than you know. Search inside. Oh, it's like he just, for some reason, Vite just knows where to find everyone. Is that, yeah. oh, no, because he's a comedian. Comedian's got the same pattern. Yeah, so he yeah. can pick up where the comedian is as well. So, and then, yeah, and then the big page where Dr. Manhattan appears. And Vite looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> like, well, as soon as it begins happening, Vite's like, oh! And this and is then, the first time we get to see genuine fear in the eyes of Mime and Marionette, I think. Yeah. Like, they know it's bad. And Batman, I love how Batman just goes, I know who you are. Mm. Like, Yeah, first time we see the blue wang in issue seven. Eh? Yeah, but Joker addresses it immediately. <laughs> um, that's actually quite a funny funny panel and then yeah he summons them and they go they and it's just, a very yeah they go somewhere else on a checkerboard floor looks like my kitchen floor very, that. it's a very you know Dr. Manhattan vibe in it it's just like floating around speaking absolute gobbledygook looking at of butterflies yeah, yeah well people around him are going for god's sake just <laughs> Just help us, and he's like, well, "My my name is River, but not in Canal." Who? <laughs> You've already said this twice yesterday. Mm. And then he just keeps flashing between places, showing them the issues, and he he's basically saying, "I can't bother solving anything." Um, yeah, he's too desensitized, and uh, as we'll see. It's only Superman that makes him think otherwise. It's 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 like that moment in the first one, it really, where it's something to change his mind. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Because there's a few things that are revealed. So, what um, Manhattan reveals that Mime and Marionette are pregnant, um, which they didn't know. He also reveals that uh, Vite's been lying about his cancer, which drives Rorschach crazy. Um, and then Joker completely like. Uh, what's what's his name? Like electrocutes Batman in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <out> speaking. <laughs> and then yeah, um, Rorschach goes off and punches Vice, and then um, punches Joe, who is like, "Whoa, slow down a second. Um, he draws a smiley face with the blood from himself on Rorschach's mask. And it's at that point that Doctor Hatton realizes that he can't see past a certain point in time. Mm. Uh, Issue 8, titled That's Darn Cat. This is when you start getting... It starts getting what I imagine you just got messy now. Because mm-hmm. now we're going really deep into Superman theory part storyline. Which, maybe the reason you felt this was because it begins with... And you said you said it's quite Superman heavy. But it's not. He's not been in for like five issues. Yeah. So maybe you just felt he wasn't in steadily enough. Like he's at the beginning, and then they just miss him, and then then I, they go in with the Superman storyline. Yeah, after all that. I, I don't know. I just think the emphasis on Superman was a bit much. Like the reason why you know this all changes the end, or the reason for Doctor Man's motivation is like because of Superman. You know, it's just like I don't know. This whole story is, is a bit weird because, and it's only weird for me. Um, 
Oh, he is wearing panties. Superman is wearing his little underwear. He isn't on the cover of the m- number one. He is in the book. I didn't realise that. Oh, I've got the variant to this one where it's a really nice scene with Ozymandias uh, puppeteering a puppet of Superman Doctor Manhattan. Um, <laughs> this is cool though. I like this part with uh, that's right, it's Firestar and um, he he acts Firestorm. 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 Fuck hell, there's too many fire whatever characters. Yeah. <laughs> he accidentally turns everybody into glass. Uh, but it turns out it wasn't actually him, and it was manipulating things again. Yeah, manipulates. Basically, there's a whole thing where it's so complex to explain. You just have to read it. But there's a scenario where a superhero does something that leads to something similar in Civil War, where people aren't dead, but they are technically dead. Superman goes to see if he can go and sort out. Um, it's like where a load of superheroes powered people living in a kind of X-Men way, like away from humanity. Because yeah, I like that. I love Creeper as well. What an obscure character to include in it. Yeah, like a bit noncy, but all right. Um, no, I, I love I love Adam's <laughs> character. Sorry, I just remembering you describing noncy to Phil Mouse was brilliant. It's just, a, it's just a fun way of saying pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. Um, and then, yeah, it just shows, like, Lois, Lois gets it. Lex has figured out to Justice Society of America mm. uh, at one point. This is the thing. All these little cracks, but they're hidden away. All these little things behind the Superman theory, which you're led to believe is the main going to be the main story. And poor Firestorm trying to reverse what he did on one person. And Superman comes to find him again. Artwork and all this is amazing. Uh, it's really tragic, isn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, think how hard it is to draw. How yeah. hard is it to draw one? A, someone made a glass. Yeah. To draw someone with fire burning and then the lights be correct where it comes from. Oh, so good. I mean, Superman walking in to that scene and looking like so like curious as to what's happening. Mm. But the light on him, it, yeah. you can tell it's fire. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous colouring. And then Superman, Superman does his usual thing of, you can do it, kiddo. You, you've, got, you've got the power. I believe in you because I'm Superman. Um, save the day as much as oh, you think he is. Mm. And then he saves, saves the day until he has to go meet Putin. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. That is just brilliant, isn't it? It looks so much like him. Oh, mate. It was, what's funny about all these, it's like, how comic books acknowledge politicians uh, being alive in the universe, yeah. but yeah, I don't think any of them yet have put Trump. I don't think any of them put Trump <laughs> there. I think he's the first president Marvel haven't acknowledged. Uh, we've got to Trump is uh, the principal in the Mas Morales book. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, so um, this scene, I actually loved this scene where like Superman's trying to you know explain that. It's okay, like we can turn the people back, and then Batman's there, and it's a really powerful moment where Superman just goes over the line, particularly, and Batman's like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, just stop yeah. talking, shut your mouth." You know, it's just like, oh, it's such a cool scene. And the army get involved, a tank rolls in, and they start shooting at Superman, and then they get the people, the glass people, and then it's like, no. You could have saved yeah. them. Then all hell breaks loose with all the meta humans. Fucking awesome scene. 
it's that bit where Firestorm, like, someone shoots other people made of glass, and then he shouts at them, but man, he kind of think they were already dead anyway. You're killing them. Yeah. And then and they're getting like, crushed by the tanks. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's like... And he's, like, trying to pick up the pieces of them. I could have fixed them. Yeah, and then, and then it... <laughs> I will, it's it's the bit where he shouts, it's not Firestorm, where Batman is like, when the energy readings are spiking, get out of there, get out of there. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's fine, don't lose control again, Ronnie, you're fine. Uh, he goes, it's not Firestorm. And then you see, and I remember reading that, that looked like a Dr. Manhattan light. Yeah. <laughs> and... And then when you see Vite go, yes, it begins, I was like, yeah. oh. He's watching all the TV screens. Yeah, sick. And Lois drops her, uh, Lois drops her Liverpool Football Club mug. Smashed into pieces on the grounds where you would, that's where it belongs, I guess. Yeah, that's where a good old Everton mug would have stood up to that. <laughs> yeah, that was a fucking solid issue, that. I really enjoyed that, that one. I don't remember reading that twice because it was just like what happened. I think I went back and read the issue before to make sure I didn't miss anything. It was like, like the next what issue was that? Was that six? No, eight. Yeah, we're on nine now. Yeah, I'm just thinking like I feel like what a stupid place to do the trades from. Because when you think about it, issues one and twelve. I think issue twelve is very big, like a big issue. I would have done the trade one to seven. I think eight is a perfect place to start the second point of the story. Yeah, Why yeah, yeah. started from seven? Uh, yeah, a bit weird, that. Yeah, um, so issue nine opens up with Dr. Manhattan, uh, and he's got the the Legionnaire ring there, hasn't he? Yeah, is so that the same? That's the link the ring to, to Girl. Saturn Girl. And this is just showing this is him playing with time. Oh, and now some of my favourite panels in the book here. We get oh, all the superheroes travelling to Dr. Manhattan, and it's so fucking nice to see everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got everyone, and I mean everyone, just all in their separate little ships. Love it. You've got, like, Justice League Dark there. Zatanna's, like, floating in the air. you got Doom Patrol. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the Doom Patrol yeah. was an odd one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. The- you got Stargirl there with Shazam, Marvel Family. Although they're probably not called it anymore. They're called the Shazam family, aren't they? Although I will say this. This is what reminded me. When you first decided that you wanted to Miss Marvel, right? I remember the time and place. We are in... <laughs> it was many years ago. We are in Travelling Man in Manchester. And you I like, remember. I'm looking for Miss Marvel. I want to start on Miss Marvel. I remember thinking, that's a really strange place to want to start with, like, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Because <laughs> like, as far as I was concerned... Miss Marvel was like Mary Marvel and the Marvel family, i.e. Captain Marvel, who is now known as Shazam. And I just remember thinking, what a strange way to get into Captain Marvel. Yeah. You, were probably, you were probably thinking, like, what a fucking hip snobhead. He's going with this <laughs> obscure thing he can find. Mary. And you're going, oh, okay, I'll have a Howard the Duck sisters run, please, as well <laughs> I'm here. Anyway, yeah, so you get that family there. And oh, just fantastic imagery here. The question... Everybody, everybody going to have a showdown with Dr. Manhattan. Which, again, loads of nerds, like, going, oh, we finally, who can finally beat Dr. Manhattan? And the answer is, is nobody. Oh, <laughs> nobody, It's quite impressive, though, when you think about how Alan Moore, which I don't know how much input Alan Moore had on it. Absolute Do we know? zero. Alan Moore has really? zero input on anything with DC now, including the TV show, as we discovered on the credits oh, when yeah. we were watching. Yeah. Well, I thought it was because of a dispute over um, 
the rights to the characters, wasn't it? Or the payment? I think he just... He you know what? If he not, he, if he, he hates not, uh, mainstream comics completely, yeah. so he just he just isolates himself from any of that. Um, but I, it's quite impressive to go... I'm Because he admitted, he was like, I wanted to make characters that were kind of rip-offs of characters already. Like, rip-off is a strong word, but were based on characters already. In the same way, in The Boys, you've got Homelanders based on Superman. Yeah. Um, and in Watchmen, um, they, he came up with, he was like, right, I need Superman kind of characters. He came up with Doctor Manhattan. But he's far removed from Superman. He, he's... He's got the same tendencies in the sense that he's alien, to only alien in how he acts with people. He's not actually alien. He's born. Or, he's all mad powerful, but is so smart he doesn't understand the responsibility because it almost negates the point of doing anything. And he made a character that ge- people are genuinely from that point on go. Could that person be Superman? Like every character yeah. that's ever been invented. Go. But could they be Superman? And it's always, no, no. Batman was, mm, Wonder Woman. Mm. But you get to what, you get to Dr. Manhattan and people are like, I feel like it's a could be a strong yes because he can just vaporize people. Mm-hmm. And as we see in this, I love how he describes magic in this. I love the how he explains. Yeah. I felt like that was something that needed to be done yeah. in, in comics for years, explain why magic works. Just don't go, it's magic or it's yeah. forged before time. He's like, yeah, sometimes there are error codes uh, in a computer and how it works, but, but still generate code. They still work, but the error codes, they shouldn't be there. But they are. Uh, that's what magic is. I like the way that um, every time Dr. Manhattan takes a step, he leaves that photograph. Yeah, like that was, that was something I had picked up on at first, and then it was like, I can't remember who points it out to him. Is it is it Superman who points it out, picks it up, and goes, "Hey, you're leaving these everywhere." Um, it's it's one of the Green Lanterns. And there's a cool bit where Lois Lane runs into Superman in a coma because they yeah, all gone to find who's done this. Superman, the world's annoyed at Superman because he took he took a side, a political side, yeah. uh, which he wasn't going to do. Batman was in the blast. He want, he wakes up. He's heavily injured. As his firestorm, first in fact, I'll tell you one thing. Firestorm was the hardest character for me because going by what you said at the beginning of this podcast of having yeah, it's a quite deep some deep cuts in DC. And I was like, ah, it was all right. It, you just have to know. Firestorm was one I did not know, and he he's quite pivotal in this story. Yeah, well, he's kind of like Johnny Thunderbolt with um, he's got the professor as his like counterpart in his head. Yeah, and then it comes out that it was actually all on purpose. Like it was part. It was yeah, bit... that was that was something I didn't see coming. Actually, it was like, well, yeah. it actually was. You know, um... Superman period. I mean, I'm not a big Green Lantern fan. When you saw all the lanterns together, we were like, oh, oh mate. Any time I see all the lanterns together, it's just like a party moments, You know. I mean, I don't know if we go to page twelve, but I nearly began singing the Nickelback song. <laughs> yeah. Look at this photograph. photograph. The Green Lanterns give the police an atmosphere so that all everyone can come out. They go find his old city on Mars that he always makes, um, which obviously Martian Manhunters like. Do you mind making it easy on Mars? This is <laughs> what I have cities. Um And obviously the Shazam family like, oh, he's hanging in the wind. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just kids. 
it is a bit of a thing showing like this is my big problem with the Green Lanterns and I get it's a big source of power but the fact I've seen Batman do it yeah, I was just like just take the ring off him <laughs> yeah. take the ring off him um, has, has that got any further of this he just took like destroys his ring doesn't he this guy Gar- Ooh, it's not the Gardner which one is he it's the guy Gin- Gingerhead one yeah Guy Gardner yeah is that guy Gardner? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't um, have the uh, the ball cut anymore. They've updated yeah. his head. But he get, he gets his rings off him and destroyed, so I don't know if he's still a lantern because his ring's gone now. Um I also like the fact that in the blast he goes to the uh dark just really dark for the blast and you can see Constantine is still smoking on a new <laughs> Um then oh yeah, and they try to use mad on him. Um which has absolutely no effect, which immediately to me says, come beat Superman. Because Superman, isn't that his big, one of his weaknesses, his magic? Yeah. Yeah, so he learns, not only does he go like, ooh, magic, it's good to learn. So he learns magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how Superman's like lying, goes to Superman and he's uh, in a coma, Lex Luthor comes to visit, um, like, I make it sound to visit, like, oh, Oh, is he all right? I brought him to visit because he's actual information because, you know, Lois will be there. I love just gives Lois a gun. Like, you take this gun and make it feel safe. I still, I I really, I, I want Lois and Lex to be together. Oh, I'm pro. You've, you've, um, you've watched Red Sun, right? Yeah, I know. I was happy. I was like, they, this, is, this is what should be happening. And I, I totally see, like, Lex being like, it makes more sense that him and Lois should be together. Yeah. But to me... Her being with Superman is like being with the jock. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Um, and she could do him some good as well. But, yeah, him finds it, like, Star, again, Star, Firestorm finds out his secret again and goes, uh, a secret and has another mad moment. And, yeah, and Captain After blows him up. And for the very first time, we finally see Wonder Woman. Like, fucking Christ, finally. Um, and... He comes together again. Uh, Doc does the thing where he like heals himself uh, from nothing. I love the cover for you ten as well. I got variant with the little reading the All Star comics, the Justice Society oh, of America cover, and then Doctor Manhattan stood there at the table too. It's just so fucking cool. No, I didn't. Because uh... that boy was me reading the JSA comic, like. Because that, that was my jam, like Our Man and the original Green Lantern, and like Sandman and the Spectre, you know, like Doctor Fate. These see these characters are really cool, and they need to start using them again. And hopefully they will now. Well, yeah, that's well. We'll get to that at the end. Um, so yeah, the... we open up with some um, carved common bullshit. Well, I think this one is really. This is very similar to. The Rorschach issue, it's, it's all self-contained. Um, it's all about where did Doc Manhattan go once he left the Watchmen universe for Yeah, so it's, 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 it's explaining that, which is needed, absolutely. I mean, it flashes back to original Watchmen here when he brings Laurie to Mars. Yeah, and he also he, he bases it off the simple fact that he meets a good person like a guy who's down on his look, an actor who's down on his look, the one in Hollywood, and keeps doing a couple of little things for a time while speaking to him to see what happens. 
he notices, because you can see both forward, present and past all at once, he notices like sometimes he's the, sometimes he's an alcoholic, sometimes he's completely successful. And that's like his first point of messing with chaos. Yeah. Uh, and then it's when, then he, but then after finding just a small actor, he finds Superman. Uh, lifting a car like on that page of the action comics number one yeah that's it, cool it's from there he starts in oh you know what i'm not not gonna mess around with just a guy or a nobody that's how much can change i mess around with all these people yeah so we mess around with alan scott the, alan scott's the one they really buy which i always think it's weird it it, it i mean you're a green lantern fan but it didn't seem like any of the wise before why well, picked to go into Alan Scott and the Lantern, like almost like it was as Action Comics number one. I think it's just um, just just a little thing to just be like, oh, I've moved the Lantern out of reach, and all this, this has changed because of that small act. Yeah, like it's more it's more plot more than like done for the fact that that Green Lantern is actually as important to people. But yeah, yeah you... here we get to see the young um, Mr. Thunder here. That's it. That's it. That's Johnny with his counterpart there, taking the photo of the Justice Society. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, show you. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then they, yeah, so they start messing around, and he's and it is just showing Superman born, um, parents being in the future, loads of nods to imagine, loads of uh, previous DC universes. Um, it shows is that Kid Flash coming and discovering him? Is that Kid Flash from all the ages? Oh, that's um, yeah, that's that's um, Wally West, isn't it? Is that well, no, no, what? That's Wally West. Does he wear yellow and black in that? Oh, I've a yellow black. The yellow and red. I thought it was red with spots of yellow, like all the others. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I didn't know that, but uh, it does make sense. Uh, yeah, it basically shows like that the flashes get involved, and he's like, "This is it's different. It's not like when I experiment with stuff. It's fighting back. It's it's not staying. Why won't it stay?" And he still sees that no matter what he does, he can still, from that point, he's always seen that everything after Superman stops. So even when he makes Man stop existing, there's still nothing after that point in Superman. So, or Superman does find another way back, so he needs to meet Superman. Basically, it's just a really meta kind of like X Chaos book. Yeah, really- I, I, I like it because, it, it, like I say, it was addressing all that continuity you know, issue with DC and bringing in the JSA. I, I, I liked how it was to put a, a nice little neat bow on all of that. I think you all liked it as well, because when we opened up the first page, you thought, oh no, it's going to be tons of just this black and white bullshit I can't <laughs> yeah. bother with. And then it turned like, into like, one of my favourite yeah. superhero teams of all time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it turned out it was, again, it was a bit of bait and switch on you. Because yeah. um, honestly, mate, for me, it's always been like Justice Society over Avengers, because that's what I grew up reading. I know that's a great thing to say in this day and age, because kids are up with the Avengers as the superhero team. Yeah. It was the oh, Justice you're... Society. You're an old man, it's fine. <laughs> um, old man for the bolt. So this is where it shows that worlds really fall into a similar shit show that the Watchmen universe has. So, like we said, the World Nations office is being attacked by 
um, villains who are just trying to represent metahumans. There's so many superhero, anti-Batman people on the streets. It's absolute chaos. Um, the rush, uh, there's superpowers, well, superpowers, there's high-level government powers and pressure to do something about all these superheroes because they believe the Superman theory is real. So it's like, actually, we might actually nuke this country because they're trying to create a Superman and they've used it on us already. And we're just at a very similar point that the Watchmen universe was at um, and it goes to Vice finally revealing his plan because he says it doesn't matter now. Just all the culmination of all these people's journeys is beginning to happen mm-hmm. in such a big story. Like, my Marat reappear here. They have been a few issues. You might not have noticed. They reappear with comedian. And they're just causing chaos now, just running everywhere. Here we go. This was the panel I was looking for. So what happens is, it's all this chaos. Like, remember, now Rorschach is a disengaged guy on the streets, which Alfred's chasing, trying to get him to help because he knows every person is needed. It brings in um, pancakes. To try yeah, and sway him. And he's like, fuck um, the pancakes. My original plan was to find John, convince him to return to our Earth so that he might save it from nuclear annihilation. But I knew after our discussion, before he disappeared, John wouldn't listen to me. So I set my sight on them, my marionette. Then was born in the prison hostel. I promised to reveal where he had been taken if they came with me to confront John. I pulled proverbial strings. Um, I cried... I regret them because of their past experience with Dr. Manhattan. John was responsible for their incarceration. Everyone believes he has hesitated to kill Marionette because she was pregnant. But I knew in the past, John watched the comedian shoot and kill a pregnant woman and done nothing. John revealed to me over the years that he'd seen Marionette's child's future. This boy would be a double and he would bring incredible joy to a woman who had been a very important John at one time in his life. I hoped upon seeing Marionette, John would be reminded that the family chose to protect granting marionette mercy she did most certainly not deserve yeah so their daughter gets adopted by night owl and sulk specter yeah which obviously sulk specter is what specter she's uh one she's got a soft spot for yeah Um, i mean that's that was crazy really wasn't it yeah which but that that's what i like so he's had this mad plan to just fall at the heartstrings of of dr manhattan but she actually says, so broke them out of prison. Not me, my other puppets. He used to manipulate that marionette of mine. Reggie Long mistakenly believed Rorschach was a friend of his father's, Dr. Malcolm Long. It was Byron Lewis chose to rip out the pages in Dr. Long's report, teaching the dark turn his real relationship with Rovax. As the new Rorschach, Reggie came to me, blaming me, but he found me dying of cancer. A facade on my team I maintained until John exposed the truth. Reggie believed I was overwhelmed with guilt and shame over the tragedy in New York. He gathered Marionette and mine, and once I engineered Night Owl's ship, I turned it into Time Sphere. What do you want to call it? It locked onto John's signal. As the missiles fell around, we made our way to this universe. Poor Reggie had no idea he was wearing the mask of the man that destroyed his purse. Working for the man who manipulated him, as Byron and no did, coming to this huge colourful world. It was here that I realised John had journeyed to something somewhere special and horrifying. So this is the bit I was meaning to... I, I jumped well ahead of myself at the beginning of this. So, yeah, he realised that at this point he has to change his plan because he hadn't counted on this when he travelled here. A world uh, of... A tr- yeah, oh, I was going to say, this page that we're on now, this panel of all the DC oh, heroes yeah. is just so fucking nice looking. One <laughs> woman there, front and centre, just like... Oh, 
So good. Even Swamp Thing's in there. He just he draws, like... he draws the fuck out of this book, doesn't he? Yeah, I feel like there could be more people there. It might be a panel and it squeezed it in. Yeah. But it seems like... I feel like a- you can Aquaman's see Batgirl... He- back- Aquaman's head's, like, cut off. <laughs> Aquaman's head's cut off. Batgirl arm. Batgirl's arm. Oh, yeah, you're right. It still looks nice, doesn't it? Supergirl's yeah. at the top. Yeah. Um, world of extremes, impossible to reconcile, one full of hope and at the same time despair, a schizophrenic society overrun with superpowers and costumes. He refused to help us, obsessed with an impending confrontation plan that would lead to his own destruction of this universes. It was clear why John had ventured here to be with his own. He refused to help us, believing that our confrontation with Superman would lead to his or this universe oblivion. So I came up with a new plan. One to save both worlds. And smile about Vice. He's evil. But he tra- he's just going to save both worlds. Yeah. It's, it's the, the quality that you get in only the best villains like Thanos. Where you actually go, hm, this guy might actually have a point here, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've fucking grown a Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the world. Oh, go on. It it basically ends with um, him explaining his, his evil plan to Saturn Girl, and Saturn Girl does a bit of a Back to the Future, where she if a hand just starts fading away, and it's like, oh, you didn't just realise it, um, the, you know, you're you're no longer part of this timeline. It's crazy that, and the the ring, the Le- the Legionnaire ring, just falls to the ground. Yeah. So, but this is. He's 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 already messing with time, so he's reckoned that girl. Mm. Um, so that's the only other thing. What happens to Saturn Girl now? That part of the DC universe. <laughs> What's happening there, fella? I don't know. They had a book recently, so. <laughs> um, but as he says, you're not part of this timeline. So I don't think he says the timeline doesn't exist. You're just not part of this timeline anymore. So this is where you might get your alternate... Oh, pardon me, your alternate universe. Um, I love the countdown in this as well, the whole... Um, yeah, how countdown. many seconds until Superman sees him. Yeah, and then just finishes with... I like the fact it ends with the, the imagery, so it has them face each other. Um, hold on, what's that say? I just want to make sure... On, on Luther Street as well. Face, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. With the arrow pointing at Manhattan. So Superman's looking at his person. Yeah. Luther. And it just goes, it has Superman. And then obviously Dr. Manhattan. Then it zooms in the cool Dr. Manhattan logo. And then it goes to mirror, logo mirrors the world and the moon. Which then mirrors the doomsday clock at the tip of its point. And it finishes on a uh, Vites. Uh, a close up of Vites crown. Yeah, in- lovely that. imagery that. I like that. That was one of my favorite issues. Explaining his plan was just like so satisfying. It was yeah. wrapping everything up for me. Yeah. So yeah. one final issue now. Issue twelve of twelve. This was. Oh, it's a, a f- boy. Yeah, it's a fun ninety-nine book. This one, but I don't care. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have paid double the price to just see how it ended. I mean, I don't have to delve as much. This is much easier to explain. So all you do is you just have Superman trying to explain. Dr. Manhattan just basically asking, I can't see past a certain point. I'm trying to figure that out. And Superman, who obviously doesn't 
understand how Dr. Manhattan works or why he is, going, okay, that's great, but help with there's a big fight going on in the world's falling apart because of everything happening right now. I need you to help. But Manhattan's like, that's not what happens. That's not what I do. I just, I'm just now going to wait until I see what happens. It's a weird word to say, but is it like he shows him to be good again by, by, it's most, it says saving life, but there's no way whatever happened would have hurt Dr. Manhattan at all. But when he sees that in the midst of it all, Superman still has to do something to help Dr. Manhattan, I think Dr. Manhattan realizes no one's ever tried to help me because I'm the most powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And he understands that feeling now of being helped. He re- remembers it because yeah. that's the thing, he loses his humanity, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's quite ironic yeah. isn't it, how like they're almost mirroring characters where. You know, Doctor Manhattan is a human, but almost tr- trying to be an alien, and Superman is the alien trying to be human. Yeah, advice to the visitor. Um There's a nice spread in this, Chris. My oh, talk is through. I love the spread. One of the oh, it's just so good. It's just a fucking fight between everyone in it. All these uh, B-list, C-list characters are just having a scrap, and it, it looks great. Yeah, with little and yeah, it's so good. Little dash to the left. <laughs> Oh, a dinosaur. Um, Rorschach gets shown by both Alvin to, you know, be be true to. Doesn't matter who you, who that was. It's who you are. What's important? You're trying to help. Um, Superman symbolic, you know, grabs a card, flying towards some people. Um, like as issue one. Um, or what I like is actually this page on page fourteen. I feel that's directly from the comic. Because the art is different. Yeah, no, that is definitely on the original Watchmen comic. That the uh, the big alien, big squid. Yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, on the floor is New Rorschach's death, and he's um, yeah. he's saving the kid, Jack Freighter, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Oh look, there's a flash logo on him. I saw that yeah, little flash logo. One of that's there in the original. Um, most you know, Superman's just trying to say. Oh, be good, you know, help us out. You can do it. You've got amazing powers. Doctor Manhattan just puts it on the line and goes, "My world wants a chance of peace, but after I, but I, after I left, it lost it. It fell into war. It's burning even now. Um, I'm one behind the changes in life, the loss of mentors you've never known, friends you have forgotten. More specifically, I'm responsible for the deaths of your parents. I changed your life out of cold curiosity. Will you destroy me for it, or will I defend myself to see my sins?" And then it just builds up, and my Superman just punches a guy to stop him from, well, defending him. And he goes, I don't know what to think about all this, but I know that right now, right now you have a choice to make. You talk about me destroying or you destroying me, because all you see beyond this is nothing. But maybe there's a third choice. Who is she? And then he go, looks at and he goes, what are you on about? Well, you're creating those photographs with every step you take. I assume they're important to you. And he's never noticed that. And remember this Janie. And it was maybe the darkness you see. Maybe take everything you have to save the world. Maybe you make that choice. Uh, and he goes, he understands everything ends. So that's it. From that point, he just fix everything that happens to this point. Ultimate retcon. And then there's the eerie blank panels, but with Superman logo fading, disappearing away. Very bad timeline and just make nice timelines. So he has loads of words, Superman. <laughs> he's got Christopher Reeve suit, basically. Yeah, landing when he's meant to. Uh, but he always, he always says, yeah, I, I noticed he specifically looks very Reevey. Yeah. Um, 
he the has him saving his purse. He's put the lantern is back though in each of these. He puts the lantern back, so the Justice Society of America will exist. And then the Legion of Superheroes ring. Uh, boy, coming to Magnesia. Oh my God, they actually referenced it. I didn't realize. Hold on. So it says, one thousand years from now, a young girl saves the life of intergalactic philanthropist R.J. Brand. On July seventh, nineteen seventeen, John L. Thunder is born and kidnapped to Magnesia. Don't mention that like brown people, though. Do you naughty little from Manhattan? <laughs> and then, yeah, we don't eat you. It just yeah, you just see the little. It's actually the speech bubble is actually covering the uh, the red like thunderbolt thing. You just see yeah, the glow of him. Um, he's he's like, he has to fade away. He's in Infinity War. As well. well, he implies he goes. You bring the thunderbolt. Remember, because I I did, didn't I? And just yeah. goes off. So he's putting everyone in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fixing everything he's done. So I don't know what this means for... This is the biggest, right? Um, I think it's more important to talk about it now because the, 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 everything from this in the comic is mad discussions. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, why have DC not treaded any further with this revolution that they've kind of gone... We've completely fixed our timeline. We've got the Justice Society of America back. There's no bad timelines now. But made it more clear what what's new 52 what's not why have they not carried on this it seemed like a very big and important thing to spend two years on to make relevant again and i think it just opens a lot of doors for them now but i think they're being clever about it and not just blowing the load all at once because yes you can bring back the jsa and all that stuff that was retconned um but i think they're just going well we can do that uh, but we'll wait until we've got the right stories to tell, you know, before introducing them back into the DC main continuity. Yeah. Um, well, but this this story, Jeff Johns must have, he's at least had two years to plan the ending. If not, he's had longer to plan the story because he began it two years ago. He's, he's got so much material in his back pocket. I mean, he's probably yeah. written all these books. Um, but he's focusing on doing the three Jokers first. I think that's going to be the next big thing that he's bringing out. And who knows? Maybe even the three Jokers thing will open up a few more doors to the direction in which DC Comics. Maybe, maybe three Jokers might. I just think it's really weird that like they did this massive power play of going right. This is the the timeline. This explains everything. This fits everything, and not one of the books made reference to it. I think maybe one has. No, 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 no of a book nothing. Made reference to it. No. Which is really, it's just odd. In a way, it's just, it really is just like, for the people who give a shit about continuity in DC, this is your nice little, you know, explanation for all that. And then they don't need to have it come into any other title, because when the time comes, if they want to bring in these new characters or bring a new book out for Mime and Marionette or whatever, they can do that. And it's fine. You know, they don't need to, you know, if you want your explanation to who they are or where they came from or why this timeline has brought back these characters, then read Doomsday Clock. But I think it's pretty clever the way they've they've done it. I, I, I admit that I like how it goes. It essentially says, like, Superman has to be in all of these. Superman's the centre of the DC universe. Because he is, as much as I hate him, he, he is. He's the most important thing. You can never 
you can start a DC universe, like an Earth 4129764, and you could maybe get away with not having Batman in it for a while, or Wonder Woman in it for a while, or anything, but it always has to have a Superman. That's just weird yeah. not to do that. And um, issue, um, page 30 and 31 here with this double-page spread, probably my favourite imagery in the whole book. It's just a it's just a money shot, isn't it? Um, you've got you, Superman. You, you need that as opposed to me. Yeah, definitely Superman front and center, and then just like it's just the original Justice Society behind him, just everybody: OG Green Lantern, Star Girl, Pat Girl, Doctor Fate, Hawkman. You know, you even got like at the bottom there. You've got um, you got San, Liv Bell. Well, I'm just naming them all now, but it's just so nice to see everybody. Uh, the very the, on the the big left on the far left, you got big fatty. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, um, it's so nice. Yeah, it just basically explains why there's been that he keeps moving things, but to create more Justice League. Yeah, no oh, man, this page thirty-three, I, I love this as well. With like, you know, you've got just explaining like how all the Earths are born. Earth two is born. And you've got all that there, and it's like, oh yeah, because for me it was like clicking, you know. Because like I say, I started early on with, you know, which is now known as Earth Two, DC. So that was mm. the comics I grew up with. And then when I fell off and came back on to comics, I was like, that's not how I remember it being, you know. And now it's like, oh well, that's Earth One, and it's just it all just kind of clicked for me. I was like, oh okay, I like this now, you know. Comics, DC Comics, almost just made sense in that moment when I was reading this page and I was like, oh shit, this is so good. Yeah, after you said, I love the little words they use, so after the flashpoint and this rebirth, mm. Earth, 52, Earth 52 is out there, I look, I beyond, look now. beyond now. That's a real loaded like, panel, isn't it? It's just, oh, well, let's talk about page 34. <laughs> a lot well, of apart from the art, which is gorgeous as usual, money out there with all the superheroes let's talk about this small panel beneath with superman's keep and what is written on there jb uh it says that 5g causes coronavirus <laughs> um so it says earth 5g is born which i strongly suggest they change the name of that or the start getting the comically burnt um, well before that i mean it says it is january 2026 the timeline is restored so mm-hmm. Are we going to wait until 2026 before we get any of this? It says July 2nd, 2025, a crisis happens, another one called... Uh, unlike any of the Metaverse has ever seen, they call Time Masters. Um, and in its wake, uh, Superman's greatest allies return. So I feel like they've fixed some bits. Like, he, Jeff Johns has fixed some plot holes and basically gone, uh, uh, 50, the 52 exists um, rebirths, um, everything after crisis exists. The Justice Society of America are back in now, but we need just another few years. In a few years' time, we're going to scoop it all up and put it, make it linear again, just one thing. But at this moment in time, he's saying the reason there's so many different ones is because he is because they are. So the whole, what's really annoying about this is the whole new 52 run. It's technically it's not really canon with Rebirth. It's what it's implying there. It's its, its own universe. The fifth, everything fifty two is 
just from then. Like, I don't... I'm trying to, like... I'm trying to think whilst reading Batman Rebirth as he made any reference to anything 52. And the most I can think of is maybe he mentioned Zero Year once. But This one there is Batgirl, really, isn't it? And, in what sense? Well, the fact that she was Oracle. And then she, like, you know, now she can walk and she's Batgirl again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she makes reference, doesn't she, to some Oracle things and then... That's what I mean. I think what they've like, done they did... moving forward, you mean like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel I feel this 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 whole thing has been from to go, right. All these things are different. They are different. But we've got rid of all the shit now. We've just reckoned all the shit. It's it's all it's all good in the hood. Um all all the, there's no heroes that don't exist anymore. They are they all exist in one of these or another. So I've Rebirth fifty two or cr- from crisis point onwards mm-hmm. they exist um well it, it's think? just it's fascinating what they can build on now is the thing that got me excited you know the fact that he's throwing years around here and what we have to expect as comic book readers what's going to happen now in these universes yeah the fact that it's uh saying that in in 2026 june 17th superman goes on a quest to find bruce wayne's daughter so she can save Bruce's son. You know, it's just so intriguing. Um, and then we get the the biggest one, really, here. On July 10th, 2030, the secret crisis begins for Superman into a brawl across the universe with Thor himself and a green behemoth. Yeah. So basically, the Hulk, stronger than even today, who dies protecting Superman from these invaders. Oh, fuck. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I was just like, what? <laughs> I, I remember being like, why is it? Mo- why is the Hulk being mentioned in a DC book? <laughs> uh, and why is it 10 years from now, you cut-teasing <laughs> bastards? And it's so got... probably like, it's going to take that long for Marvel to come around to this idea. Well, you say that, but, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Secret Crisis as well is obviously mm, a mixture of Secret Wars, Wars and Crisis. On yeah. Um... Yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's huge, really. Yeah. Yeah, and after that, it's a case of they just fix things. They put the comedian back to where he was falling so that he doesn't ever affect anything again. Um, he, they just get Dr. Manhattan quickly, just fixes things, takes them all back to his world where he makes final sacrifice of changing himself to uh, putting up all his power into fixing his world uh, and making and new life, starting all in, and making their own Superman. It all all ramps up nicely. All to, you know, all ends up like they go back, they fix, uh, they find they have some motivations to fix their world, and rather than exist anymore because he just doesn't disappoint in himself. This thing, he rebirths himself into like a Superman child. They talk about they talk about that child starting the Nostalgia Company, which fits in weirdly with the TV show very well. But it just still doesn't work with the TV show because they uh, Oh, hold on. I wonder if that's something. Let me just read that back. Now, Watchmen's set in 1985, is it? Yeah. Yeah. The only way this works with the Watchmen timeline of the TV show as well is if that if Dr. Manhattan used all his powers to completely wipe the Earth of all nuclear power of everything 
wipe a load of people's memories of start again. Like we said, they reset the Doomsday Clock. Well, the the thing is though that I don't get is Doctor Manhattan now changed into a little boy and living with the Hollises. Is that what that? Yeah, is? yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, but what he's... I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that to fit in with continuity of the TV show, right? Yeah. In the TV show, no one knows Vice made those weapons. No, exactly. But I heard that the TV show was set in between Watchmen and Doomsday Clock. But it can't be set in between them because Doomsday Clock takes place outside of that world. What would make more sense is that the world finds out begins to go completely batshit crazy. So they it nukes itself, destroys everything. Manhattan brings everyone back, um, gets rid of all the nukes, but wipes everyone's mind that it was a farce. Uh, and lets them still all believe that. Oh, I see. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. yeah. And then that way, they all they all carry on. The only way I hate only two things I don't like about that. Number one, that implies. Hmm. But the that thing implies... is, he he ends up because um, everyone thinks that John is still on Mars, right? Yeah. In, in the TV he... show, but then he's he, <laughs> then he's in someone else's body, so that doesn't line yeah. up either. He's in someone else's body. Then also, when it all kicks off, why does he not get involved? Because he's learned now he can get involved. Why does that kid not get involved? Right. Also, if you're going to reset everything, would you not reset the everything? Get rid of the horrible monster. Get rid of all those bad memories, the PTSD. There's the, if, if you fuck off the TV show, I feel Jeff Johns left them plenty of room there to manoeuvre with what they needed to do. I don't know if they consulted enough. I think they've just... No, I, I yeah, this is just the TV show was just a continue a, a continuation of the Watchmen original graphic novel. I don't think Doomsday Clock has any place with the with the TV show. Yeah, which is a shame. It is a shame. I mean, there is like things that you can pick at and say, "Oh, actually, maybe." But yeah, the more you look at it, the more it falls apart. I think. Yeah. But, should we summarise our thoughts on Doomsday Clock, then? I mean, it's pretty easy to say for me. I, I f- thoroughly loved it, and it definitely works more as a full book. Um, issue by issue is a nightmare. It's something that no one will ever have to go through again anyway. But please, it is a full book. If Trade 1 is out, and you can't get Trade 2, um, at the time of reading, don't get Trade 1 and wait for Trade 2. Stop. Stop in the middle seems odd. Why stop at six? It should stop at seven. Just wait till you can get both at once, and you'll find it so much more satisfying. Chris? Yeah, well, yeah, trade one is uh, out of print now, isn't it? So you, you're best just waiting for the the collected in October, to be honest. Yeah. If you, if you haven't read it and you've listened to all of this, then... Uh, oh, yeah, then what are you doing? Yeah, there's no fucking point anyway. <laughs> yeah. I will say that it is a DC continuity buffs wet dream part of the reason why i liked it so much um i'll say it's it might not be enjoyable for general readers um but it's definitely worth a read if you're a fan yeah obviously nothing touches the alan moore classic this one is well worth yeah i don't i've i've i also think of one thing jeff john's respected there was he knew that if i by going near this 
Alan Moore classic, there was expectation. So what he did was, what if I stay just far away enough? It isn't fair to make comparison. So that's why he uses a different Rorschach. That's why he brings in two new characters, keeps Vite in for Vite's sake, because Vite isn't even that used that much in Watchmen. He's he's a, he's completely smoke and mirrors. And don't even know he's the bad guy. They bring he brings in the comedian because he was again not used much in modern. He's all memory in people's memories. He's not really a main character of continuity. And then taking it completely out of their universe and putting it in DC's actual universe, it's it's genius. It means it's not it's not fair to compare the two at yeah. all. It, it's there's a, comparisons, it, there's similarities, but it's not fair to actively compare one to the other. Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly ambitious anyway to even entertain the thought of doing something like this. So I know I've only just realised. <laughs> what uh, What are the initials of Doomsday Clock? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've only just, I've only as a way of rest of my comics. I can see it as DC, and as I read it to myself, I went, Doomsday, geez, oh my God! It's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> nice. Well, um, this has been epic, just like the book itself. I would see tell people send in messages if you think we missed out anything or can anything that we clearly have a question mark above yeah. it. Well, uh, you can explain the whole Watchmen TV show, Watchmen whole Doomsday Clock link. Send it to Chris, and we'll happily read it out. I imagine and get into that. Yeah, and I also know that um, previous guest of the pod, Ben Allen, uh, really disliked this book, so. I'd like you uh, to re- uh, write in your thoughts and maybe we can discuss them on the next episode. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, he didn't like it. Oh, mate, no. <laughs> Did he like metal? I don't know if he liked metal, sure. Find out if he liked metal because it depends if I, like, if I just disagree with him start sending him letter bombs. <laughs> well, I guess that's all for you got anything you want to plug, JB? Uh, usual stuff. Go to talknerdy.uk and stay inside, stay safe, and wash your hands. Yeah, and go and check out my podcast with Field Mouse from Nerd Cult Underground. Oh called... yeah, do that. Definitely do it's that. Called Ask a Yank, and you can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and it's also on LealLegacy.com. Thank you everybody for listening. Over and out. Bye. <laughs>